Mike Murphy, Fred Huber, I know. Murph and Fred, back together Let's again go. on Let's ESPN go. 1000. I know, big boy Scott, we got a lot to do today. Murph and Fred, morning Fred. Hey, Tiger Woods is 40th. Just want to let everybody know, all you Tiger fans out there, 40th at the Masters. But we, the cut. but we will have Masters coverage for you at 1016, 1046, 1116, and 1146 because we are here for you. We'll report on all the golfers that uh, actually right. have a chance win the Masters. Right. Uh, it's going to be a rainy, garbagey day at the Masters today, so we'll keep you up to date with that. And don't forget, we've got Mm -hmm. the Masters coverage right here Ah. throughout the day after Ah. it, here in the afternoon today and tomorrow on ESPN 1000. Excuse me, yes sir, Jesse Rogers in the 10 o'clock hour, Nick Friedel in the 11 o'clock hour. Two biggest games of the season for the Bulls. We've been talking about this for four weeks. Yep, two biggest games of the year. Yep, yep. Uh, Back-to-backers, well, a day off, home and road with uh, Brooklyn. And, uh, Fred, I love your, you found this first, I believe. If not, I'm going to say you did anyway. I'll take credit for it. Tankathon.com. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> I love Tankathon. Uh-huh. Right now, the Bulls uh, are in eighth place in the reverse uh, standings. Yep. Just one game behind seventh place Brooklyn. So if they can catch Brooklyn, they will go from a 3% chance to a 4% chance to have their balls taken in the first three you know i finally read up on this whole thing gave me a headache oh it's 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 beyond stupid i mean they make everything so complicated there's no reason for it to be complicated Mm -hmm. make it simple why Mm -hmm. you know why do all these (laughs) percent look at it yeah the percentage of it of the uh first overall worst team getting the number one overall pick 25 percent right then it goes 19.9 percent 15.6 percent 11.9 you know what it should be yep. if you want to do it you want to give one team four more you got 14 teams in the lottery give phoenix 14 memphis 13 atlanta 12 right. dallas 10 i mean go. it's real simple there you, you know it doesn't take a rocket scientist because thank goodness i'm not one of them that's why i'm doing radio doesn't- no rocket science with me it doesn't doesn't take a rocket scientist. Uh, doesn't take a brain scientist. A rocket surgeon. Doesn't. Here, I printed this out for you. Fred didn't know that. Uh, Murph and Fred till noon. Uh, we'll get right on the uh, crazy uh, baseball beat. What happened last night? I don't want you to read this, but I printed this out. This is the uh, NBA instructions on how the ping pong balls are distributed. Is it unbelievable? Yeah, it's yeah. Re- it is crazy. Yeah. I, I, if you want to have some, uh, what we used to call bathroom uh, reading entertainment in the future, just print out uh, how the draft lottery well, works. I do have to tell you, now that people have smartphones, I don't know about anybody else, but that's mm-hmm. what I use when I'm in the bathroom. Okay. I read my uh, emails, tweets, okay. and uh, Facebook posts. And- do you uh, Lysol down your device? Uh, no. Heck no. If that's your idea of a good time? I, I, I read them all first and then put it down and then take care of what okay. I have to take care mm-hmm. of. So. But that's okay. what you do, you know. Dirty. The first thing I do before I hop in the shower, check all my uh, emails, mm-hmm. Facebooks, and t- texts. Just remember a little hint uh, when you are using a uh, public facility at like your favorite restaurant or whatever, and uh, you're leaving the stall. Uh-huh. Remember uh, when you like snap the little, unlock the little thing? No one has washed their hands ever. Before right. they touch that. Oh, I know. All right, just to remind you. Yeah. I'm not a germaphobe. Good germophobe. morning. How are your Cheerios? I'm not a germaphobe. I'll figure no, it I'm out. Not I either, but, it. Yeah. but you do just want to keep that in mind. If you were a germaphobe, you would never go outside. All right. We've delayed long enough. Let's take a look at... Uh, your, well, the White Sox had the day off. Your so, Chicago Cubs. Don't get a lot of White Sox talk coming up, too. 
So uh, Jesse joins us in the 10 o'clock hour. We had a lot of time to take a look at your Chicago Cubs. Yeah, Three hours and 45 minutes for a nine-inning game. Now, yeah. I'm not one that wants to put a clock in the game, but yeah. throw the damn ball. Well, we texted each other around, what, seventh, eighth inning? <laughs> yeah. Because exactly seven days to the minute ago, uh-huh. which was uh, last Friday. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, Murph on Saturdays with Fred Hubner. So uh, last Friday was the... 17 inning game. Yes. So I think I texted you around the 7th. I said, I hope it doesn't go 17 again. Yeah. It was, you know, and it looked like it could have gone that way. Uh, Milwaukee, I don't know how, because Kyle Hendricks looked so good for the first four innings. Then the fifth inning, it's like somebody else took over his body. Somebody that couldn't Mm -hmm. get anybody out. Vote right now. Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. Multiple choice. Major League Baseball should start the season A, B, C, or D on what day? A, like this year, Murph, March 28th. B, April 1st. A, B, C, April 8th or April 15th. What are those for? Start the season. Oh. What day should they start the season? Okay. Okay. Socks have already in a rare move. As soon as I fire Rob Manfred and take over, we won't have to worry about it. We'll play in warm weather for the first month. I don't care if you don't get your opening date till the third week of the season. Well, he would he would not be happy to see you take a job because he doesn't like you as it is already. <laughs> the, the Cubs are the last are going to be the last team in baseball to open their home season. Well, they did that this year, pushed it back three uh, road trips so they could get the uh, ballpark finished. Well, they replaced all the seats. By the way, all the seats that. in those low, in that lower deck around the dugout. Oh yeah, they've replaced done a lot. everything. And did you hear? I didn't know they did this. The uh, seats are on um, on steel metal, so yeah. they can be hold, moved hold, out. Hold that thought. Okay, here it cool. is. Here it is from uh, Story Today in the Tribune. Yeah. Not, not in the sports section. And, I mean, admittedly, uh, the Rick, they've done a terrific job. The ballpark still looks sort of old school. They poured as much money into the refurbishing as the purchase price. They bought the team for $850 uh, million. They put about $900 million, according to stories, into the rehabbing. And the concession stands are taking out a lot of those kiosks that bottleneck up underneath in the concourse. And it's going to be wider down there. But they actually tore a whole, everything down there where you walk around for a hot dog on the first level was like gone. Yeah, well, here's rebuilt. But here's the most unbelievable thing I think you were referring to in the orange there, Fred. Well, yeah, but first, here's the thing that I would be enticed by. Uh, One spot next door to Clark Street Grill will sell cocktails with the word cocktails illuminated in blaring neon letters. First base classics and bar and wine also will be open. So the name of the joint is cocktails. So it should just, when you walk in, it should be the Harry Carey just, let's get loaded tonight. Well, he did that with the White Sox, didn't he? Yeah. He did. Right. But it was funny. Um, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing that they did. The team Field. was so bad, he was forced to say that. Yeah. How does George Orton not catch a pop-up? It's um, not, that's only half the joke. I know. Some seats by the Cubs dugouts have been reinstalled okay. on metal brackets instead of concrete. So the seats and dugout, the seats and dugout can be removed to configure the field for football games. All right, let me just with say With hopes this. of hosting football at Wrigley. That is either a... How's a dugout going to be either an, er- an erroneous story. Uh-huh. Uh, it was uh, a typo. It was miswritten. Or it's unbelievably impossible. How's the dugout going to be moved? Fred. Is he going to snap together? Fred, that was great. No it's one, a Tonka toy? No one does a better cold read than you, but I'm going to read it again. 
Because I Legos? still don't believe anyone's believing or hearing what we're saying. Here. Is it a Lego dugout? Some se- now this is the big remodel. Okay, some seats at Wrigley Field by the Cubs dugout have been reinstalled on metal brackets instead of concrete. Okay, we can understand yeah, that. That makes sense. So the seats can maybe somehow be moved around. You got to take the brick wall down too, right? The wall in front yeah, of it. Sure. Okay, that's easy. Just call in the mas- masonry unions. You tear it down. You build some new. Sounds like the city trying to build a road. It could yeah, be face two years old. I wouldn't lean on that brick if you're in that front row. Yeah. You know that loop circulator thing? Uh, it's been there two years. No one uses it. Tear it down, put something new in. Like the mall they put in here over in front of where we are back in the 70s. Remember that? Yep. Okay. They thought it would bring more people down shopping, and no one came. All right. So the Cubs have to put in uh, metal brackets underneath the seating behind the Cubs dugout so it can be removed and to configure for football games. Uh, with the hopes of hosting football, you know. Right. Come, who knows? They might even want to bring the Bears in someday. Oh, no, the NFL, Murphy, you've got to have 65000 You know what? Not if you double the price of the tickets for the one game. Okay? That's that's the most bogus argument ever. If you could have 45,000 seats at Wrigley Field and charge double than what they charge for the 60000 you think they wouldn't do it in a heartbeat? Well, the San Diego Padres, or San Diego Chargers are playing in a field that holds 27000 so. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so what about that rule? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it can, it, things can always be changed a little bit. You know, Kramer used to say without rules there's chaos, but baloney. When there's rules, you just break them if you're a sports league. The commissioner doesn't care as long as the, some seats by the Cubs dugout. Now, everyone listen to this. Some seats by the Cubs dugout have been reinstalled, the new ones, on metal brackets instead of on the concrete, so the seats and the dugout can be removed uh-huh. to configure the field. In other words, they need about eight, ten more yards yeah. if they run the football field from the third base dugout out to where Sammy used to get the shalams out there, whatever right. they called it. This has got to be a misprint. Next, next. I know they. I know they got it wrote it. Phil Thompson wrote the article, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Next misprint. Fred, you got your Tribune, but you can pull it up online if you do. All right. Look at your first page. The the Blackhawks did a great thing yesterday. Oh my Sports god! Section. It was so cool. Blackhawks did a great thing. They're one more shift where they bring back the stars of the past and they let them skate around and uh, be honored by the fans. And it's the Madhouse on Madison. They had Bobby Hall there some years, a few years back. I was there, and all the great guys come back. Well, and they the, had Roanek. They have everybody. everybody. They had Balfour, Troy Murray. Yeah, it's terrific. They the one for Eddie Olchek, I think. And, and yep. yeah. Eddie, if you're listening, man, hey, good, good job, good job. Uh, so last night, Stan Makita's doing very poorly, but uh, three his three grandsons were flown in, and uh, they took the ice, and there was a, just a big, huge applause. The grandchildren of former Blackhawk player Stan Makita take a spin on the ice as Makita is honored uh, in the one more shift, they call it. Then they got a picture right there to the right, Fred. See this picture? Yeah, I know what you're going to say, but... They got a picture of the statues outside yeah. of the United Center. It's a picture of Bobby Hull. Well, but, it, but it's not... It, it, I can't yeah. tell if that's a 9 or not. No, see, that's an that's the A. That's the assistant. No, no, no to the right. On the, on the right, or on the left shoulder. It looks like there is that no, is the 9. That's on. That's right here. No, no, no. Over here, further oh. on, on the arm. Oh, over there. If you look closely, that looks like the 9. Because that's well, not that's, Stan Makita. No, I'm saying it's Bobby Hall. That's he wore number nine. I know that, but I'm what I'm sorry. saying is you can see the number nine. 
on the arm. Well, if you look closely. Well, then it's Bobby Hall. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And there's the A on there. He was an assistant captain. See under the neckline right there? Yeah. And, uh, and he's the golden jet. He's got the blonde hair working there. That ain't that ain't stash. Yeah. Well, anyway, Tribune, people don't care anymore. Tribune, right. Well, exactly. I think Aaron Hooley, who took the picture, they she should be upset right now <laughs> because that's not a picture of. Stan How can you put a picture of Bobby Holland say Stan Mikita's yeah. statue yeah. on the front page? See, nobody will feel sorry for it because they'll say that's what you get for buying the newspaper. Well, you can get it online, especially since the Tribune. <laughs> and have this have decided, yeah, in their ultimate wisdom, mm-hmm. to go up to two dollars and fifty cents per day. Well, well sometimes it's still a dollar. Well, that's intentional. They don't want you to buy it. So. Well, well, they're they don't want you to buy it. Yeah, well, they're not getting me to pay online either. <laughs> but they are getting me to buy it once in a while. All right. Unbelievable. All right, we've delayed long enough. Cub fans gather around the radio. A few minutes of, uh, and Jesse will come out with more in-depth Cubs talk coming up. Uh, your third place Cubs right now, Pittsburgh Pirates, in first place in the uh, division, six and one on the year. Milwaukee now five and three, a game and a half back. Cubs and the Redbirds tied for third, three games back with records of three and four. So uh, the Cub game last night. When Jesse comes on, I'm going to say, Jesse, I know what the problem is. Yeah, what is it, Murph? What is it? It's the hangover. Yeah. They're still having a hangover from two years ago. This is unbelievable. Fred, we're kicking around some numbers in the pre-show love fest upstairs. The uh, first three batters in uh, the order last night, Zobrist, Bryant, Schwarber, 0 for 12. 0 for 12. How many Ks? Six you got Ks. There? Six Ks. Yeah. Let me roll that by. Well, four, of those, four of those from Schwarber. Yeah, he took the golden sombrero. Yeah. So the outfield also, the outfield was 0 for 12. Let me just say something. You can be a young baseball fan or you can be a round-the-block baseball fan. If your outfield can't hit, you're not going to win. That's what outfields are for. You know what? Anyone can play the outfield if you can hit. They'll find a place in left center. If you've got three thumpers and they're all bad fielders, one of them's going to be in center field. Yep. If you've got three guys can hit 40 home runs, knock in 100 ribbies, one of them will be in center, even if they're all, you know, Schwarber-esque defensively. But left, center, and right. Well, you had Zobrist in left. Yep. Okay. Hayward in center. Yep, Hayward in center. Yep. This is weird. No, no. Oh, they moved him around later. Yeah. That and, starting and, lineup was yeah. Zobrist in right. Yeah, Zobrist in right. For some reason, in the box score, they have him in left. But yeah, he's in well, right. Well, no, see, these box scores now. If, if they, well, yeah, if they move a guy, they don't, they put, don't the, put both of the defensive spots. They don't go, let's see, Hayward started in, in uh, center, ended up in right late in the game. So they probably got him in right. They, they, no, they have Zobrist in left because that's where he ended no, up. No, no, yeah, Hay, Hayward was in center and yeah. then in right. Yeah. Zobrist started in right, then was in left. Yeah, so your outfield of Zobrist 0 for 4, right. Schwarber 0 for 4, yeah. and Hayward, Hayward 0 for 4. Yeah. Well, he homered, he homered the night before. Hayward, How many hits do you expect him to get? Hayward is lucky when he hits the ball. And he hit it yes, uh, two days ago. I know, but he's lucky to make contact. Yeah. Well, someone mentioned that they he, he played the exact position that people wanted to see him play um, two days ago. A late-inning replacement oh, that was a good where, line, he might, yeah. where he might get one at bat. Yeah, hit a home. That's where you want Jason, uh, Justin Hay- Jason Hayward yeah. to go in. Yeah, but you can't play Hap right now because he's in the tank. 
Ian Happ has more strike. The only two players that have more strikeouts than Ian Happ in baseball, mm-hmm. Tim Beckham and, and Giancarlo Stanton, they have played two more games. They have 15. Happ has 14. But the Cubs played 17 innings. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. But see, Joe wanted the three lefties in, switch hitters and lefties in to start the game. Now, let me just say this. The Cubs are dead meat in the bullpen as long as they have this Wilson there. This guy Wilson. Now, let me just say this. In, a, in with, with Detroit and whoever else he was with, he was one of the best eighth and ninth inning guys in the game. He's got 95 hour, 95 mile an hour uh, electric uh, fastball. What was it Don Cooper called it? He's got a freaking firecracker, right? Yeah. And he was, last year, couldn't get anybody out because he couldn't get the ball over the plate because he was afraid of the upper deck, third deck, afraid of the pressure. In other words, Tight collar, which you hate to say about an athlete, but that's what he had. He was garbage. I got to tell you, he looked really good for the first three batters he faced. And he looked good in spring training. He looked The first three batters he faced yesterday, he got out of the inning right. in the sixth. Right. And then he screwed up the whole thing with three consecutive three walks. walks. Yeah. So he's right back now. He's, he, he's lost mentally. Yep. C-Shack came in. Edwards had to come in again. Uh, two nights in a row after he had a really nice night. So C-Shack and Edwards are pitching back-to-back games. People after the game were saying, uh, they were saying, well, how come uh, Joe didn't bring in uh, Morrow? For, well, you don't bring in your closer on a tie, in a, a tie game usually on the, on the road. But you could have, I guess, for one inning, but it was a bottom of the order. Why would, you know, if the guy indeed, now I'm not arguing if he's good or not. Right now he's the closer. That could end quickly. Fred points out C-Shack has been lights out. Yeah, he's been really good. No problem with batting, putting him in the nine hole in the uh, uh, ninth inning slot. I do have to tell you, and I just I want to double check real quickly. But you had a little Bob Hope and hey, I got to tell you, I I don't think Brandon Morrow exists. Well, he's, he's thrown two pitches. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's thrown, thrown two, two pitches. Thrown two seven pitches games. in seven games. So I don't think he exists. I mean, I really think he's a figment of Joe's imagination. Um, because why do you go out to get a guy like that? you got to throw him sometime. And well, I don't care. Don't go bringing up Corey Knable pitched and he got hurt. When pitchers no, get no, hurt, no. they're going to get hurt. No, but he was waiting. See, but here, the other side of the coin is he, if he's your closer and he still is at this moment, him. you wait 10 innings, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You get a run. If the Cubs get a run, the top of the 12th, top, then you bring him in to close the game and get yeah. the win. You don't bring him in in the no. bottom of the ninth of a tie game. And that's why Montgomery's there. Montgomery's supposed to get the job done. Uh, you know, and, well, yeah. and the error didn't help. Well, there were three guys left in the Cubs bullpen. The two longmen, Butler and uh, Montgomery. And Butler pitched the night before. And, and uh, well, but, yeah, but he, he could come back, I think. Yeah. And Morrow. So, you're not going to bring Morrow. See, did you hear all that on media and everything? Why no, did you bring Morrow? Yeah, no, Why, I, you bunch I, of numbskulls? People, I tell you what, I can't take this anymore. As soon as I see hit the ball right games, Fred, I can't take it anymore. And I'm not going to do the R-E-L-A-X. That's not what I'm saying. The point is, you're going to lose some games. Don't, every time you lose a game, it's Joe's fault. Joe's fault. Oh, that Joe's an idiot. Sure, there are games when you could say that. You can't say it every game. You can't pick everything apart. If you brought Morrow in there, then then what? Now you got Montgomery, your long man, and 
He's going to go, what, six, seven innings? You're going to leave him in if you're going to run in the top of the 12th, 13th, or 14th? Or let's bring in Morrow. You have Morrow because you have him. See, but I think I disagree with you on one point because I was complaining about the White Sox game in the home opener the other day. I think, and I agree with Sylvie, each and every game you can get as mad and aggravated as you can because each and every game is a game you're supposed to go out oh, and try to win. I'm in. Okay? No, 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 no. You're right. Yeah. And, 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 and Sylvie has never agreed with me once, so let's not start now. I mean, but, Ricky Renteria left Soria no, in too long. No, Ricky hold Renteria, we'll get right, yeah. Let's get on that point. But I just want to reiterate, maybe I wasn't clear. I'm aggravated that they lost. But I'm, I'm mostly aggravated at everyone wanting to blame Joe, the first guy that ever got into three playoffs in a row, and to win the World Series... And you know what? You, you think he's quaddy. Uh, well, the thing Mike about quaddy. The thing about bringing Morrow in at this point it made no sense. No, I mean you bring Montgomery in; he's your long guy. He can go, and like you said, you still have Eddie Butler to go. So there was no point to bringing him in. Um, they did not expect. You thought you'd get six or seven innings out of Hendricks, and after the fourth inning, you really thought you were going to get that. After he'd given up only three hits, no runs through the first four. Then the fifth inning started, and I don't know what happened oh, because he gave up six hits in that inning. He gave up two two-run homers. He hasn't done that in three years in a game. Now here's the thing: Fred's six exactly hits in the right. fifth. So uh, Cubs are up two to nothing. Bottom of the fifth. They, there's a man on first for the Brew Crew. And uh, the guy that, that tames or whatever is up yeah. to bat, he's got half of uh, Chicago Bridge and Iron Steel Company on his right elbow, from the shoulder down to about the wrist. Illegal. It's like he's got more, all the gutters on Fred Hubner's uh, yeah. house yeah. On, on his right elbow. They don't care about no, that anymore. No, that's another rule. That rules mean nothing to no. this Manfred. Here's the thing. So, that's why we have chaos. Cubs are up. <laughs> all right, all right, Kramer. Cosmo yep. Kramer to uh -huh. you. So bottom of the fifth, Cubs ripped through to nothing, man on first, and they put a graphic up. Who carried the game? Channel 9. W, good old W. Yeah. They put a graphic. No, no it was uh, NBC uh, Sports Chicago uh, Plus. Whatever. Thanks. You're right. Yeah. You said that without even stumbling. You got it nailed, huh? The new wordage? Yeah, I think yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where it was because the, the Hawks were on the uh, regular. By the way, I got inside information, and if I said his name... Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah. But trust me, someone who knows, and he's high in the TV industry here in Chicago. That's all I'll say. Okay. He says there's no way Crane Kenny's going to start his own TV network with the Cubs. I agree. I think I think people are all, you know. He says there's so much risk involved. Yeah. And I know this back to the Tribune on the Cubs. They used to have a sign. Did you notice in the executive bathroom over at the Tribune Tower for the Cubs uh, guys? Cook and all the stand. It said, "Avoid risk at all cost." Uh -huh. Now the same high insider, a high white horse, South Fred. Yep. The same insider said, and I won't say which one, but one of the three that carries the Cubs, that would be ABC Seven, Comcast, and WGN, or NBC Sports Chicago. Thank you. Yeah. One of those three uh -huh. is losing their pants. Yeah, I know which. I have an idea which one. They overbid. Losing their pants on the Cubs deal. Want to hear why? Among other things, uh -huh. they miscalculated the production costs. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so the bottom of the fifth, Cubs up two to nothing, man on base, and he's rolling along as you just pointed out, Fred. Not one hard hit no. ball. Giving up three hits and in four innings, he looked like uh, the Kyle yeah. Hendricks of old. Scratch hits. Yep. So they put a graphic up. Kyle Hendricks. 
has the third slowest fastball in baseball at 86.9. Well, he's a pretty good pitch. It wasn't to be a derogatory statement. Right. It was to be like sort of interesting. Right, and right? it is interesting. It he is, is interesting. One, he is one of the best pitchers yeah. in baseball. The very ten, five, four, three, two seconds later, you know what happens? He throws the 86.9. They don't put the decimal on the TV. Murphy's so full of it. To Eric Thames. He throws an 87-mile-an-hour fastball, but where is it? Right about where B-R-E-W-E-R-S is. That letter high. You know, when I was about five years old in Brickhouse, that pitch was letter high. Yep. And I'm just watching my friend. I thought it meant it was just above the ground, like if you put an envelope, like oh, you're no. sending a letter. Yeah. I go, how the chick? That pitch, I'm five years old. That pitch wasn't letter high. It was right about where the word Cubs is. Yep. Yep, that's he it. throws that pitch to Thames, who's he's not tatted up, he's aluminum siding up, and the pitch was above the belt center cut, boom. Yep, two run homer, dead All center. Right. All right, then man gets on, and now the fun begins with his umpire behind the plate. <laughs> and They're awful, is, and he's bad for both teams. Yep. So I don't want anyone to say, "Oh, little crybaby," "Oh, Murphy, little crybaby." He was bad every both teams. He, so he called a he called a ball in the first inning on Chris Bryant. Yeah. It split the box up and down, side to side. It was in the middle of the box. Ball one. It was center cut. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Hey, isn't there a, one of our affiliates, our great sponsors, uh, the Steakhouse guys, and Chicago Cut? Right. Yep. I heard, and they got another something cut like fish Southern, cut. Southern Cut. Southern Cut. Yep. And I heard, uh, was it Yurko trying on the air doing a great uh, segment trying to come up with more uh, for their third or fourth yeah. restaurant. There it is, center cut. Center cut. Center cut. That's what you need. Yeah. Uh, you know, bad pitchers eat for free. <laughs> right. You know who feasted on set? I know we're up against the clock, Eric. Ryan Sandberg. I heard someone deriding the fact that Chris Bryant hits a lot of mistake pitches for homers. I wasn't deriding. I, I said it. I wasn't deriding it. I say every mistake that comes up, he hits. That's almost every home run hitter, though, right? Well, some guys just, well, I guess if every 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 pitch is a, but I'm talking about when guys miss their spots. But Sandberg's in the Hall of Fame because yeah. of that. No, but there's nothing wrong with that. No. It's a compliment to. It's that you don't. It's a compliment to Bryant because there are other, there are, there are hitters all over the place where the pitcher makes a mistake and the guy doesn't there hit There you go. And I'm saying that Chris Bryant you, never misses a mistake. There you go. Ryan Sandberg. Yeah. Never miss the ball down the middle. Yeah. So, well, all right. first of all, I would never throw Chris Bryant anything below the waist. So, two run homer. Now, man on first, two to two, and up comes Travis Shaw. He's a home runner, nothing left-handed power hitter, right? And he was a home run yesterday. First pitch, fastball on the corner of the Z, Z square zone, whatever you call it, K zone. K -Z. Yeah. <laughs> and that on the line, Fred. The ball is seven-eighths inside the strike zone, just kissing the line on the inside. Ball one. Next pitch is one of his, like, uh, sliders uh, off speed. It cuts the inside to strike two on your K zone, Z zone. Seven-eighths of the ball in the strike zone. The other touching the line, ball two. So he gets a strike, and then, uh, boom, two-run uh, homer. Yep. But that wasn't the game. It was no. only, they only tied it. No, the they game just was... Couldn't, they couldn't score it. We'll that. talk about the last, nearly last play of the game, and it was the same play that happened. Fred, you saw it, I saw yep. it, from, in the World Series. That progressive field in yeah. Cleveland. Three-hopper to Bryant. 
We'll get back to the baseball beat. White Sox talk. Jesse Rogers, top of the hour. Got about uh, five, ten hours of shoving a three-hour show. We'll have some Masters updates on your uh, edge of your chair. Those will be twice in the 10 o'clock hour, twice in the 11 o'clock hour. Last chance. Vote right now. MLB should start the season. March 28th, like they did, April 1st, April 8th, or April 15th. Vote now at ESPN 1000. All right, busy day, Murph and Fred. Glad you're with us. Sunny right now downtown. You can play ball. Socks are, uh, what time are they? They're early, I think, and then they also changed their ta- their time for Monday because it's supposed to be really cold on Monday, uh, and so they changed the time for their game on Monday to a one o'clock game. So. Also, there's snow and rain, yeah. though it's three four days away. Tracy Butler, I love this. Show. She's here. She's in the building. She asked me who I was working today, so she's really? in the building today. Yeah, working love a weekend. This show. Thank you. I love this show. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah. So yeah, they um, uh, the White Sox today are one ten. Out at uh, guaranteed rate, the Cubs are at three oh five. By the way, just a reminder: yeah. the Cubs are on uh, good old ABC seven. Hey, the Masters leaderboards updates are brought to you by Franciscan Wines, Golf Center of Des Plaines, and PGA wow. Tour Superstore. Patrick Reed, a two shot lead, entering today's third round. Mark Leishman is second at seven under. Henrik Stenson is four back at five under par. Then you have Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, four under, five back. Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas. That's not one guy, it's two guys. Dustin Johnson and mm-hmm. Justin Thomas mm-hmm. are three under par, six shots back. Okay. They're a group of uh, six golfers at two under, wow. including uh, Tony Finau, who dislocated his ankle and is still uh, in the chase, along with Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose, Bubba Watson, and Charlie Hoffman. Tiger Woods, you have to go all the way down to 40th. He is at four over par. He tees off uh, in about five minutes. We'll have uh, updates uh, live at 10.16, 11.16, 10.46, 11.46. Write that down. Bookmark it. Can't miss. Must see. Must hear. Oh, so the leader is a guy named uh, Reed? Patrick Reed. So this was good. I'm listening to the radio this morning very early. I get up. I don't, I don't even know what station I had on, but <laughs> now we've all made mistakes, you know. Uh, this is a report from a high white horse south, uh-huh. that famous one from a million years ago. He says that Patrick Lead is in the read right now. There you go. I said, that ain't Fred. Now, Fred would never do that. I, I, I make mistakes. But not like that. Usually I call guys by the wrong name that's or okay. wrong sport. Yeah, that's all right. Like last night, the Cleveland Browns uh, lost to the Sixers. No, the Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the Sixers. You know what I tell the young kids when I'm uh, making an appearance at the radio uh, school? Yep. Which I've never done, but what I would say... If you make a mistake, keep going. 99% of the people don't even know you made a mistake. Just keep going. Yeah, but the ones that do... That's 1%. Yeah, but it, it, it's better if you if they know that you know you made a mistake. See, that's why... I know that you know that, <laughs> that... I know. That's why you have been a teacher at radio school. Yeah. Because you say, if you make a mistake, then you have to... Own up to it. Yeah, go yeah. up. The, the best word to use is, uh, or rather... Like you make a mistake, uh, uh, Andy uh, Lead is in the read, or, or rather, Andy Reed is in the lead. Yeah. Or like Brickhouse when he'd make him check that, check that now. That's the best. Check. One you hear a lot is easy for me to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. you hear that all the time. That's easy for me to say. Usually when we mispronounce words, I would never say that in a million years. No, I think that is. <laughs> you're right, Eric. I mean, I'm not. Eric's exactly right. That's what people say. It's ridiculous. Yes, it is. You know what Brickhouse used to say? 
He'd, he'd read some copy, and he'd, well, of course, he's half in a bag. You know, he'd be doing the updates uh, in the winter time when there's no sports, and they'd make the poor guy come on in and read the readers or do some updates. The 555 Sports Special on radio, and the poor guy, you know, he just done 156 games in a row of, of watching the Cubs uh, lose 100 games. So he'd go, no, I was talking. If he'd, so he'd fumble, fumble something on a, on a read, and he'd go, uh, he says, my, my tongue got in front of my eye teeth, and I couldn't see what I was saying. What? He He's, would. He'd say yeah. that about once a year. He is the best. All right, White Sox notebook. I said this back in the winter, Fred. What do you think? I said the key person for the White Sox this year, and this is like 10th on everyone's list, so what do I know? I'm just a fan, is Tim Anderson. And the reason was if he could break out, uh -huh. if Tim Anderson can succeed, be the first-round pick that you know that you imagined he would you know, be a great player being a first-round pick, then you know what? You don't have to worry then in the next two, three, four years when things, you know, plan to gel. You don't have to worry about shortstop because if he crashed and burned this year, Tim Anderson, that's okay. We don't really have a shortstop in the system. Now we got to find a free agent. Do we go more after Manny, you know, for shortstop? But right now, and I know these numbers are, uh, he's got an OPS of over a thousand. Just uh -huh. let me say that's, that's very good. Yeah, that's good. No, he's, he's playing very, very well. The cold weather doesn't seem to be bothering him right now. Uh, I'm concerned the cold weather is bothering a lot of other guys on this team. Um, but, uh, yeah, so far, four stolen bases also. Hmm. And he's running. He uh, seems to be a leader in the dugout, which is interesting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's playing very, very well. Yolmer Sanchez, surprising the heck out of a lot of people. His defense is really good. He's 8 for 20. He's hitting 400. He had two triples the other day. His defense in a game they is, should never lose. His defense is better than real good. Yeah. Well, and last he year, can flash Mr. Wilson. Yeah, last year he was he was second statistically in uh, defensive yeah. runs saved at second base mm -hmm. behind only D.J. LeMahieu and Yohan Moncada. Yeah. And Moncada is fielding fine. Uh, hitting's another topic. Can we just jump back a quick to a Tim Anderson? Yeah. He has three walks this year. Yes, he does. I had to look this up. 13 all last year. <laughs> Tim Anderson. And you mentioned the stolen bases. Yeah. Now, we don't have time to play the average game today, which is really an above average game. It's maybe not as good as the game. Weren't we doing the average game before the game, or did we? Did, uh, it doesn't matter. That's another show. That's another show that does that. The average game, Fred, Tim Anderson. All right, he's a home right now. He's slashing homers. Yep, I'm not talking about slash line average on base. Three slugging. homers, four RBIs, and and he can steal. Yep, this could have been a uh, Twitter poll today, right? F fifteen slash fifteen would be baseball lingo for fifteen homers, fifteen stolen bases. Yeah, is he more of a fifteen fifteen guy? Twenty 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 five twenty five thirty thirty. Again, now I'm not necessarily meaning this year, but maybe, but. What kind of guy do you think he could be, will be, uh, is right now uh, 15, 15, 30, 30, 25, 20? I think he's 20, 20. He's a 20, 20 guy. 20 homers, 20 stolen bases. That ain't bad. He may go higher on the stolen bases, mm -hmm. uh, but the homers, I think, uh, he's got three already. I mean, um, 20 is not out of the question. He could be 25, 25. He could be. Maybe I just want to see. Year. Yeah, I want to see him not drop easy, easy ground balls. I want to see him make all the plays. I don't want to see him throw balls away. I want to see him improve in the field too. I mean, I don't want him to concentrate solely on hitting and not concentrate on the fielding. You know, so. he and Javi Baez are within about six months apart in age. Okay, and uh, Javi's uh, a little older, but has been 
in the big leagues on and off like two years more, I believe. But maybe both, he can get some of the Javi swag. Well, well, they're they're both. You know, it's hard to say this, but I know I another I hate comp. Oh, give me a comp. Uh-huh. If I hit out one time, I'm gonna I don't know what. Give me a comp. Well, they are sort of comparable, Javi and Tim Anderson. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying identical. Don't get me wrong. Well, you know, Anderson the other day made a he he tagged up from third on a fly ball to mm-hmm. short center field, and he came home and scored. And we at the time you thought it was going to be a big play in the game. Speaking of comps, did you see what Joe Madden comped Javi Baez as uh, casually today? No, I didn't see that one. Willie Mays. <laughs> I said casually. No, no. Okay. He's talking about the base running. Willie Mays now or Willie Mays when he played? <laughs> I met Willie once. Okay. I, I never did. I, I've, my, I was a big fan my, of Willie. My buddy Coletti was assistant yeah. GM with the uh, Giants years ago, and I'm down in a dugout about three hours before the game, and Willie's hanging around. It's spring training. Hey, Willie, why don't you meet a friend? Hey, how you doing? Willie Mays. He goes, I know who you yeah. are. You're Willie Mays. Yeah. He does. Willie Mays did run with wild abandon. And uh, that's basically well, the way that 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 Baez runs. Well, and Javi's funny. The other day, he goes, yeah. I, "They just told me uh, they're just going to let me run whenever I want to." That'll eventually stop because well, you know what? he took a shot yesterday. I know the last two games he's taken shots and he right. should have been thrown out on both. Hey, I like your angle. A good defensive I, team throws him out both tell times. You what, I got a counter angle on that when we return. You got to push the issue. I got a counter angle when we Willie would round second and his hat would fly off. Well, I'm no. about 14 years old. Yeah. I'm in the, by first base grandstands Wrigley Field. There's about mm, 2,000 people there. And I'm watching Willie lead off first. McCovey or someone hits a gapper. And Willie's rounding second and his arms are flying. Maybe Jim Ray Hart. His arm, probably. Yep. Yeah, and he had the... Uh, Half pint bottle in his back pocket, Jimmy Ray had in the Seagram Seven, and Willie's rounding second. His arms are pumping right, left, and right, pumping. And I watch him, and discreetly, his right arm flies, and he intentionally hits the bill of his cap. And now he wasn't running out from under his cap. No. He was a showman. He knocked it off. Well, Jose, I'm sorry, Javi Baez rounding second. He didn't do that, but the helmet flew off, and then he gets conked. In right the in the back of the head. Right in the back of the coconut. Oh, but we'll talk about him when we return. Let's bring in uh, EO11. What's the results of our uh, 9 o'clock Twitter poll? MLB should start the season March 28th, April 1, April 8. I vote for April 15. And that's, I predict, Fred, what do you think everyone voted? April 15? I mean, I think they may say uh, the 15th. I agree. Eric? Okay, with 57% and the win is April 15th. There you go! Yep. We'll cover that and more. Jesse Rogers in the next hour. Plenty of Masters uh, updates coming up. Nikki Freed, gal, talking Bulls and NBA and much, The biggest much more. games of the season. <laughs> Vote now for our 930 uh, poll. A.J. Pruszynski, colon. A, future White Sox manager. B, future MLB manager. C, future White Sox broadcaster. D, always a pain in the neck. Vote now. ESPN <laughs> 1000. A courtesy laugh from Fred or not? I tickled your funny bone. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Busy day, 9 till noon. Glad you're with us, Jesse. I find myself dancing in the chair with this eye. I don't know. And I'm not usually a dancer. Well, you know who else dances? No. Nikki Friedel is going to be with us at 11. <laughs> AEO 11. It must be spring and summer. The sun is now high enough where it's over the Walgreen building in the Chicago Theater, so I can't see the screen. 
give us a little uh, preview of uh, what we're going to talk with Nick Friedel about. No, we're not going to talk about the lottery. We're not going to talk about Fitzpatrick, whoever the guy is now scoring 24 points a game. That <laughs> everyone's the and then, oh, yeah, but he stinks. He can't be. He's not an NBA player. All Two right. Deal. What do I know? I'm yeah. just a fan. Uh, so hard at work, uh, Nick Friedel. But I guess during the break. You know, you're at the Bulls game and you're covering the Bulls. I guess you got to let your mind cool down a little bit, right? At one point, NBC Sportsnet Chicago comes back. Neil and Stacy throw it to something that Vincent Goodwill was doing. And there's Friedel behind Vincent, like, <laughs> karaoke to whatever the music was playing. I mean, Nick's, he's bopping his head. He, he's a... He's lip syncing. I'm like, what is this guy I mean, on skinny? <laughs> bop, bop. Unbelievable. At least he's entertaining himself at the Bulls game, I guess. Well, she's got to do something there. <laughs> Yurko with the, the right line. I'm glad line. we stopped it right there. Yeah, Yurko with the right line. <laughs> uh, vote right now. AJ Brzezinski, A, B, C, or D. Future Sox manager, future big league manager, future White Sox broadcaster, uh, future and current pain in the neck. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. The one thing AJ brings to the game. Is fun. No oh, matter yeah. no matter what he does, I listened to him in the broadcast booth the other day. Mm-hmm. He was fun. They're gonna, he's going to do a game sometime in August or September with Hawk, and uh, so yeah, it's gonna it's, it's going to be an interesting season with him around. Thirty seconds. Then we go to Javi Baez, the base runner, the Willie Mays like base runner. Our first uh, poll uh, was MLB should start this season when, and you voted April fifteenth. Just a quick little note for all you youngsters out there, Fred. This might even be be. Uh, B-Y, before you, uh-huh. before your time. Uh, when I was a kid, the season started on April 15th. Yeah. Big league season started April. They played 154 games. Why'd they do that? Because it was too cold. And all of the teams were in the Northeast Quadrant of sure. the United States. Sure. Then they expanded and they added more games. Why did they add more games to 162? Old man Stalzer. It's always about the money. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the owner said, we're going to bring in these, these new teams, these expansion teams. We want four more home games. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. The Los Angeles Angels. Yep. And, and uh, back then, they're called the uh, Washington Senators when the Senators moved to Minnesota. Twins. Said, well, we'll bring in two new teams who had to pay uh, a fee to get in, a franchise fee. Plus... You know what? See, it used to be you had you played every team twenty two times. Believe it or not, the Sox have played the Yankees twenty two times. Yeah, I know, lose twenty. Comes to play the sucks. Cardinals twenty two times. Yep. Eleven and eleven, eleven at your home park. Now all of a sudden it was going down to sixteen uh, times uh, the, the, the nine or whatever. And uh, point is, is, we need more games to pay for our flight to Los Angeles, and we're not going to get the Yankees as many times. These owners are so short sighted. One hundred fifty four was fine. Bounce it back eight games right now. That's yeah. all they got to do. Yeah. All right, now, I guess this is time to talk about Javi Baez. If, if, if you and Sylvia are in agreement, well, that would be... Uh, I've never been in agreement with Sylvie. You okay. and I agree a lot, or we don't. Uh, let's go last night. Sound by here's, here's the wild man on the bases, Eric. And he finds the gap in right center. Good timing. Russell will score. Baez to second. He's going to try for three. Relay. Gets by. Baez on his way to the plate. Little League home run. And we're tied at four. And he needs a moment. Yeah. Highlights courtesy of Fred. 
uh, NBC Sports Chicago <laughs> Plus. But he is interesting. He said yeah. he needs a moment because he thought he was tired. He didn't realize until the replay that the mm-hmm. ball hit him in the head. I think you're right. Yeah. It hit him pretty good. It did hit him good. And you couldn't see it on the first one. No, you just no. thought it got away. Right. No, he tried to hit him, hit him somewhere. Right. And his helmet flew mm-hmm. off, hit him in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when he was got, when he got to the plate, he looked a little shaken. I guess when you get hit in the head with a ball, it's going to it's gonna be that way. Well, let me say this real quick. Because I heard you talking in the hallway to uh, Eric. I hear you talking about Sylvie. And I'm going to say in this situation, Javi Baez. I'm going to say something I've never said before. Okay, hitters get the, some hitters will get the green light. Yeah. Like if there's a three balls, no strikes, give them the green light. Let them swing away. Even though probably not the best idea, usually. Yeah. And then uh, some base stealers, the great, great base stealers of the past, they had the green light. I don't know if they do that anymore with who the great base stealers are, but I'm talking about the Lou Brocks and the Ricky Hendersons and Ramori Wills and right down the line. They had the green light. They could steal any time they felt like it. Yeah. You know what it might be? This might be the rare occasion where you have a base runner. Where you, in essence, say you got the green light. Now, he doesn't look at the third base coach. Right. That's everything against everything. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. If you're out, you're an idiot. But this guy's got something. Yeah. He's almost oh, he got does. eyes in the back of his head. So must well, have really, Joe said it. Joe said well, it. Must have really hurt when the ball hit him last night. Right in between the, the eyes. Right, in the back of <laughs> like Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Where he pulls his hair apart and there's the eye in the middle. Uh-huh. Now, this might be the one guy, Fred, Sylvie, Eric. I'll say that, you know what? He don't have to look for some reason. It's innate. It's inherent. I don't know what it is. He might be the one guy round in second that, you know what? The third base coach turn around and look in the stands or lay down on the ground because he, he rounds second. He gets near third on, on the other night when the ball, the base hit up the middle by Lester that was an air and a yeah. hit and an air and he kept changing it. And he's going to third and then he goes all the way home when Kane, Kane drops coughs the ball. it up in center, yep. just juggles it rather. And he looks over his right shoulder as he's approaching third. Which you're never supposed no, to do. To look back and right. he sees Kane. Now here's the thing. Butter maker, butter crud, butter ball, whatever his name is, the third. He don't see, Fred. He don't know Javi. Here, I'm going to put this in as the equation. Because, uh-huh. you know, you and Eric and Sylvie, 99.9, yes, but could it be that this guy, Baez, is different? He gets the green light. But here's the thing. The third base coach, he has never seen Baez other than spring training. And you're not going gangbusters. Yeah. He don't know the guy's speed. Baez, in his head, looked over the right shoulder said, I can make it. There's a stop sign. And he runs through it. And it was bang, bang, and he could have been out. And then, you know, it doesn't look so hot. Right. But I ask you, could it be the one guy where maybe you would bend a little bit on your rigid and correct, until, correct thinking? Until he gets thrown out back-to-back times. I, well, then you tell him, I, you know what, now we got we to gotta slow right. down a little bit. I'm glad you, you said you back to back. You cost us a couple runs. So you got, you know, it's, right. it was good before. You cost a couple runs. Well, Let's play night. it by ear now. Well, yeah. It's like there's two out. You don't go to third with two out. No, he goes to Deshaies third. Said it. He might have been out Dana yeah. goes, oh, he could have been out. I go, yeah. Bang, bang. And then the inning's over. He should have been back at second with two out scoring position. But you know what? He scores on but the little they, yeah. home run. But what they tell you a lot of the times is you force the defense to make the play. And that's yeah. what Javi did. Yeah. And they didn't make the play. And he scored both times. Murph and Fred will get the results when we return. A.J. Pruszynski, last chance for you to vote. Uh, future Sox manager, big league manager, Sox broadcaster, or an always future and current Pain in the neck. Jesse in the next hour will also have Masters Tournament live reports. Stick around till noon. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, 
ESPN 1000. Lots to cover. Fred, let's bounce over, uh, talk a little uh, Bears. Uh, a lot going on, both obvious and maybe not so obvious. Sometimes, hmm, miss a little, miss a lot. You read some little quotes. I know you've got something there from Trubisky in a minute, yeah. Fred, plus some sound right. of him. Uh, very optimistic for Bears fans. But I've been carrying this around from the Tribune, April 2nd. Uh, interviewing Ryan Pace. I try to listen all day to all our great shows. I don't know if anyone touched on this. It's back and forth, about 15 questions with the Bears GM, uh, Tribune Sports. Here's the question to Ryan Pace. You've talked about Cody Whitehair's flexibility becoming a strength. In other words, you know, right. center, guard, whatever. But should you pick one spot and keep him there? They asked the general manager of the Bears. And this is pretty pretty in, in, insightful, I think. I think it's good, Ryan Pace says, to have Cody Whitehair settle in, especially if he's going to play center center, yeah. and continue to grow in that area and have the cohesion with Mitch. Yeah, there's no doubt. So I don't know if that's been talked about a lot. I guess not the, in the uh, big scheme of uh, Bears life, a big thing. But he says right here, of course, injuries can derail anything, and that's what sort of happened in the past. But he's saying right here, no, we want him with Mitch, cohesiveness to grow and build. I think, you know, if that's possible, there aren't injuries for it, that'd be huge. Yeah, well, the other thing is, too, uh, you don't want Hironis Grasso. He has shown that uh, Cody White here is better than him, so if that's the case, then you need yeah. guards. You don't need mm-hmm. uh, center, and uh, Cody Whitehair has, once he got the snaps down this year, he was fine. He's not um, going to make the team, Grasso, is he? Uh, well, unless he go find another backup center. But he can't play. So, yeah. Can't they find a backup center? Well, we'll see. There's not thirty. There's not sixty-four guys in the United States or overseas that can snap the ball and act like a big uh, Coca-Cola machine in hard, the middle. It's hard finding thirty-two teams are going to be quarterback. There are thirty-two quarterbacks. I know, the but these are centers. Yeah, still centers are very, you know, <laughs> there's, there's very the, tough position. Here's the next question: Bears uh, general manager was asked about a week or so ago. Tariq Cohen had so many explosive plays, but also a lot of negative plays. Now, this is going to tie in with Trubisky's uh, quotes coming up, Fred. So they asked the general manager, do you expect, with experience, Tariq Cohen will reduce or limit those losses, those losses of yardage? With experience, sure. Okay, now listen. And also with adding weapons around him. He doesn't have to feel like every play is to be a home run. Now, here's the third and final. This might be the best one of all, lost in the shuffle. To the Bears GM, question from the Trib. Do you expect Jordan Howard to be better as a receiver in Nagy's offense? Uh Uh-huh. All right. Well, Matt is going to use all of his backs in that area, meaning pass receiver. Right. So this is part of Jordan's game that is going to get utilized. Really? He showed progress there. No, he didn't. Receiving. No, of course not. And we expect that to continue. Our friend Dan Jiggets had a great uh, phrase. You know what it would be right here? Damning with faint praise. Yeah. Are you going to use Jordan Howard? He's going to be better? Well, you know what? He showed progress there. (laughs) And we expect that to continue. Not enough. Why do, Do you think he's even coming back? Yeah, I, I, 
they need a running back. They need a, an every down running back, and Tariq Cohen's not that guy. They don't have another guy. Um, they had a guy last year. I don't know if he's coming back with their team because of injuries and things like that. But they need an every down, young every right. down running back. So, all right, let's do this. Keep those thoughts of Fred's in mind as we listen first to the sound bite, and then uh, we're going to kick it around and, and read it back because there's a lot going on here. What do we have here, fellas? Mitch, this is uh, yeah, Mitch Trubisky was on the NFL Network on the Good Morning Football Show, and uh, he. He loves this offense. It's just what he needs. He thinks it's wonderful, perfect for him. The offense I want to run is, is the offense we're installing right now. So just after a couple of days of installing it and actually being able to talk with coaches, uh, I really feel like I was built for this offense. And it's just dynamic, it's mm. creative, and it's also balanced. Mm. And that, that's what you want. So we're going to get the we're going to get the ball out quick. Uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to deceive the defenses with, and we're going to spread the field, and we're going to get it to all over to our playmakers. So. Uh, we're going to be balanced, we're going to play fast, we're going to be dynamic, and we're going to stretch the field every which way. So uh, I just feel like this this offense is going to utilize my talents more and the and the players we have around me, and hopefully we can just get it rolling from there. So I'm excited to keep diving in and keep working. Is that Jordan Howard? I know you got a, a couple of the uh, uh, quotes there. What yeah. was it about? Where's the word... Uh, uh, deceiving, or it's going to be a, a. He says we're going to deceive the defenses. We're going to spread the field. We're going to get it all over from our, our all over to all of our playmakers. You don't need Jordan Howard, even if it's third and one. Okay, this is old school, new school. Just trying to think how these guys think, Fred. And you know the game as well as anybody that I know at the station or in the industry. And I value your opinion. Okay, the fullback disappeared about what. 2015, well, 10 years ago? He semi-came back in certain offenses. All right, but I now mean, he's the H-back or the right. D-back or the whatever they call him. He's come back just a little bit. It's like the yeah. tight end more. But, you're, of course, point is, would there ever be the day where you don't even have, they used to call him like a load back, I call him like a load back, the big horse, the thunder and lightning. You know, he's the thunder. Yeah, but he's he, he's he's still small enough that he's not the I don't think he's the low but he's not the big monster guy. All right. Uh the Patriots win championships uh, a lot of the times and they still have running backs and as a matter of fact they'll have six or seven running backs. You never know which who's going to run the ball on which given day. So I think that uh, Jordan Howard will be here, but I don't think that when Jordan Howard is in, do not expect them to throw him the ball because you're not going to you're not going to risk him dropping it to slow down or stop your offense. All right. You're 100% but you're gonna correct. Have, but you're going to have Tyler Gabriel, and you're going to have yeah. Terry Cohen, and you're going to have all these other guys in, and Trey Burton. So you'll have many options. That's the thing. But I think if you spread that out, it's going to make it easier for Jordan Howard to run the ball. Say it's third, so. third and one. Would it be out of the realm of possibility that these guys... Wouldn't he would go ghost empty backfield? No one in the right, no one back on third and one. I'm not talking at the goal line. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I am. See, I think they. they I always think you want to have a guy just oh, for oh, nothing else. Just to, he mentioned to deceive oh, people. I know. Oh, I'm. I agree with you. Yeah. But these guys are nuts. N u t z in a good way. Right, let's do something I don't. You, we usually don't do. I want to replay that once more when Eric gets. Listen in the middle near the uh, middle midpoint, and just. Keep thinking this whole statement about Jordan Howard. I like Jordan Howard. I'm not trying to run him out of town, but I'm just trying to think like these guys. They are, they want to deceive. They want the people in motion, running around, double reverses, handoff, the you know uh, the backward passes, all, all the stuff we saw a little bit of. Let's just see now as we listen to this. 
And you know what? I'm not saying you don't need a guy like Jordan Howard. I don't even know if he has any trade value. Can you get a fourth-round pick or something for him? Uh, let's listen one last time, please, Eric. The offense I want to run is, is the offense we're installing right now. So just after a couple of days of installing it and actually being able to talk with the coaches, uh, I really feel like I was built for this offense, and it's just dynamic, it's mm. creative, and it's also balanced, mm. and that, that's what you want. So we're gonna get the we're gonna get the ball out quick. Uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna deceive the defenses with, and we're gonna spread the field, and we're gonna get it to all over to our playmakers. So uh, we're gonna be balanced. We're gonna play fast. We're gonna be dynamic, and we're gonna stretch the field every which way. So uh, I just feel like this. This offense is going to utilize my talents more and the and the players we have around me, and hopefully we can just get it rolling from there. So I'm excited to keep diving in and keep working. Now, maybe you're right, Fred. Maybe from the defensive point of view, if you have Howard back there, they have to keep like a middle right. linebacker in more. Or I'm, I'm not an X's and O's yeah, expert. But the guy in, yeah, you gotta you got to watch for the run. I'm looking at their stats right. from last year, the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs stats. Cool. And Kareem Hunt had 272 carries. So they run the ball quite a bit, even though they had, um, you know, uh, Tariq Hill, even though they had Travis they Kelsey. Pass to him, though. See, they can't pass to Howard. Now, the guy you just talked about, Kareem Hunt. did he have any reception? 53. Howard's not going to have 53 receptions. No, no, no not in his career. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be honest. We've seen he's not going to have 53. Now, I may be a little off on that, but now, there's no way. Let's look at uh, back at Tariq Cohen now in this offense. Let me ask you this. The key to springing him... The old expression, like the first olive out of the out of the jar, right? Uh-huh. The first olive pops out, then you can get the. He has to be in space, as they call it. These guys are going to be able to get Cohen, in my opinion, in space better than you ever dreamed of last year. I'm not just talking about a bubble screen. They're going to find ways over the middle, slants deep. I think you're going to be able to pop this guy loose. Unlike anything we even thought about last year with the offensive scheme. I hope I'm right. I don't know. Howard actually had 23 catches last year. Tariq Cohen had 53. So Cohen had the number that mm-hmm. uh, that Kareem Hunt had, basically. Well, can so. you have Cohen, excuse me, line up in the backfield? Then? Yeah, you can. And you put can. him in motion, whatever yeah. you want. And bring an eight. But you're not going to be able to have him run the ball as much. Cohen had 87 no, carries where right. Kareem Hunt had 270. You don't want him ever running out of the backfield unless it's like a... Reverse. A, a, yeah, Reverse a gadget and around, play. A right. gadget and play. Around. These guys last year, they didn't have a clue. Well, that was not their game. Yeah. It was offense. It wasn't their game. Well, they, yeah, they had none. So they were still learning with uh, Trubisky. Now, speaking so. of offense, what's our wide receiver situation? Well, it's big because right now the New Orleans Saints have signed Cameron Meredith to a two-year uh, offer sheet worth mm-hmm. $9.6 million plus incentives, a $5.4 million guarantee. Bears have five days to either match the terms or let Meredith walk without compensation. When they made him that uh, tender of $1.907 million, um, it meant that uh, if someone else, you know, if they give them up, they get nothing. They could have given them an extra million, then they would have got a draft pick. But uh, so I, I have a feeling they're going to match. It would be the second time, second offer sheet that they match because they match the Kyle Fuller offer sheet from the Green Bay Packers. Well, so. you know what someone wrote this morning on that? <clears throat> I'm sort of technical now. I can't dig it out. Was that okay? So the Bears' offer was one point nine. But there was a thing called a second round offer. Right. If they would have offered two, actually, one more million, million for the second right. year. Yeah. So if it had been a two point nine over two, the other teams would have been to quote maybe like scared off, or they would have not approached it. So for two point nine, 
the writer was saying, one of the beat guys, yeah. said that Bears most likely would have retained him for 2.9 because no one would have wanted to put the second year in, but now it's a guaranteed 5.9. So why didn't they do that? Well, they must have their reason. Yeah, know? well, he gets guaranteed 5.4, but, you know, it, it, it's not monster money. No. Uh, it's still within the reach of uh, the Bears, and the Bears have the money. It's not like they don't have, any, have the cash. The question mm-hmm. is, and J.D.'s brought it up a couple times in the last week, is they have to feel confident in his uh, knee because he's coming back from ACL surgery, so they need to have him Great. come back and be confident about it. A couple minutes away from a Masters update. Real quick before we go to that, Jesse coming up. EL11, do we have time? What were the results? A.J. Pruszynski, what do the fans say about him? Sox manager, baseball manager, Sox future broadcaster, or Cub fans voted he's a pain in the neck? Let's see, 30, it's tight. So 36% says future Sox broadcaster, 37% say he's a pain in the neck. <laughs> well, the Cup fans are lightening yeah, up. Yeah, they are. I thought it'd be over fifty percent the pain in the neck. Yeah, I think I, I'll be future I think they, future they, broadcaster. Yeah, I think they, they love Ricky Renteria, but that, you know what? There's something about this guy. You know, the old good cop, bad cop with managers. If something goes sour eventually, you need to kick in the rear end. Someone could hire this guy. We're going to take a quick uh, move now uh, down to uh, Georgia for a Masters update. We we'll get Jesse. We come back. When we return, Jesse, the little guy, lots to do between now and noon. Glad you're with us on a nice Saturday right now, at least sunwise. We are ESPN. 1,000. Put your green jackets on. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Where's Tiger? I was a Tiger. Welcome back. Better get there early. Fred Hubner. (laughs) Better get there early. Yeah. One minute away from Jesse Rogers talking Cubs. He's on the road. Oh, not Arizona, not Florida. He could have driven home after each game. <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> An investigative reporter would already know. Did you check on his uh, no, house did not this check. morning? Nope. But nope. you were selling some books out of his garage this morning. I hear you get half sure. of it, yeah? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let's see. Vote right now. Our Murph and Fred uh, Twitter poll for this have our John Lester. Multiple choice. John Lester's throwing a... Has improved each year he's been with the Cubs. B, John Lester's throwing is unchanged since he got here. C, John Lester's throwing, C, gets worse every year. But here's a guy that gets better every year. He's like an old bottle of wine, like a three-buck chuck. Let's go to Jesse Rogers. Jesse! Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on? Oh, you got six, seven, five uh, hours sleep last night, right? Actually, it wasn't bad, although it was a 345 game, you know, Ridiculous. but uh, that's why right. that's why I didn't drive home. Yeah. But you get a good night's sleep and get up for today's game. There you go. So you at the Fister or are you at the $7 motel out in Brookfield? Well, if I told you, I'd have to, you know, hang up and uh, hit the delay button. Why? But, uh, you think someone's no, going to call I'm, you? I actually do stay in Brookfield often, but yeah. I'm downtown. The there team you. is downtown as well. There so you go. five minutes from the ballpark. Uh, really easy. Do you, do, you, do you guys get, uh, do you and Tommy get uh, uh, a king size or double beds? Oh, stop it now. Stop it. <laughs> This is Come on, ESPN it's a sweet, Fred. Come on, oh, it's a sweet. It's a sweet, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's get busy here. <laughs> it's a big league. Jesse <laughs> Rogers, everyone's freaking out. Not Murph and Fred and Jesse. We are. The we voice. criticize like we do after every game. We're the voices you of know. reason. Jesse, I don't, I'm not saying there's a problem, but I figured out the problem. You know what it is? What? The hangover's back. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let the record show. Let you said record it first. <laughs> Not me. That's nah, okay. I mean, no, no, just feeling no, out. No, no, no. You know, you, you yeah. have to remember is is sixteen, twenty five, and six. Even for good teams, that's the aberration. That's the anomaly. That only happens mm-hmm. once in a decade with a good team. Most of the time, you're feeling your way out. There's always good starts for teams, bad starts. This is an okay start. Sure. They haven't even played a home game yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not going to – I know if they lose the division by one game, we'll look at these and worry, you know, look back at these. But let's just, let's just say what it is. They're feeling their, their way out uh, to start the season. I'm a little surprised – they didn't fire on all cylinders because of the spring, but spring is spring. Come on, even I know that. So uh, you give them a little chance to find their legs. Let's assess after a few weeks, a month, whatever. Jesse, Fred, uh, when I was a little, little guy, a young baseball fan, I used to send uh, letters to the Cubs general manager. John Holland was his <laughs> name. And when he was sober, he would sometimes actually respond. I'd get the letter back in the mail uh, with the logo up in the corner. It's pretty cool with the blue. They use blue typewriter ribbon. If anyone's ever heard of a thing called a typewriter, they had a thing called a ribbon. And they actually, never really, his letters would come back to me with blue, you know. And uh, I was asking him something about an outfielder. He, I'll never forget, the general manager of the Cubs says, there's an old expression, Mike, I'm like, 10, that outfielders outfielders have to buy a ticket to get into the ballpark. That's how little they do. He says, and then he goes, unless they can hit. Now, I know things change over time, but Jesse, if your outfield doesn't hit, you're not going to win. Now, yes, last night, 0 for 12 was the outfield. That would be uh, uh, Zob, Zobrist in uh, left, Hayward in center, and uh, Schwarbs. I'm sorry, Schwarbs in left. left. You know, yeah. uh, they were 0 for 12, and uh, the top three batters in the batting order, which I can do which this one right. <laughs> Zobrist, Bryant, Schwarber, they were 0 for 12 also. The good news is the outfield only struck out five times 0 for 12. The top three guys struck out six times 0 for 12. Jesse, nothing's going to happen if you get 0 for 12s from 1, 2, 3, and 0 for 12s, some of the same guys overlapping, I understand, from your outfield. they got to get some runs. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. You know, obviously with Hayward, you're a little limited at times, even though I think he's off to a good start against against right-handed pitching. Schwarber was swinging a bat well until the last game or so, really. Um, I agree with you. Uh, now, you do have a dynamic infield, so they can at times make up for it. Think about the RBIs Russell, Baez have had the last, mm-hmm. you know, just to start the season, some big ones early on down in the order. So sometimes there's different ways to get to a victory, Murph, different ways to get to a, win, a division win. Maybe their strength is a little bit, little bit more in the infield when you consider it's sort of unproven in center and in left, and Hayward is what Hayward is. So you, you, you sort of have to – it depends on your perspective. There's no yeah. doubt I agree with you, especially those corner spots. You need something there, right? Yeah, that's where you put you put Schwarber in left for a reason because he can't play center because of his body type, and he's a, a, a converted catcher. So he needs to hit. He needs to hit. So when he has a night like last night, it stands out. I'll let the record show you brought up Hayward, not me. Okay, <laughs> uh, next. The lefty Wilson. I never learn a guy's first name till till I think he, he earns it because I got enough baggage in my brains. Yeah, right? with the first three guys he faced yesterday, yeah. uh, you were, you remembered his name, and then oh, he yeah. faced three more guys. I almost wanted to memorize his uh, Wilson, the lefty that we got. Uh-huh. Ken, Candelario couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag either, so I guess the trade was fair. Both sides got stuck. So Wilson. He, we get him last uh, August, whatever, August first, July, and he can't 
throw a strike. All right, we understand he's never p- played in pressure before, and it continued. He was terrible in the uh, playoffs. Now, spring training, lights out. There's that 95-mile-an-hour ball that's darting. To quote for the millionth time, Don Cooper, it's a freaking firecracker. And in the first outings this year, boom, boom, 95-96, darting, unhittable. His what, first three? First three guys, first he, three gets out of, he gets out of the sixth inning, and he gets the next two guys out. Then he throws 12 pitches and walks the bases loaded. Maybe it was 13. Sorry, <laughs> Mr. Wilson. This guy, Jesse, he screws up everything, long-term and short-term. You wanted more innings out of him last night, so they got to yank him, and then that Edward Ciszek, they do great. Yeah. But then uh, Montgomery, you got to bring him in. I know, fans were going on social last night, you know, well, where's uh, Morrow coming in? Well, no, no, you don't bring Morrow in in a tie game at, in Milwaukee on the road. The point is, this guy Wilson, he's a key part of this team, Jesse, and last night scared me, it scared Theo, it scared Madden, it had to, I don't know if it did, it better have, because this guy is a key element, and it was a big trade. You know what's even worse, Murph, is the type of player that you 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 think is going is is right for this role, and he's good for a spot or two, and then he disappoints. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. the worst thing is not knowing what you're going to get. If you know the role, like we kind of know Justin Grimm was going to be a mop up guy, right, or whatever. We know Lestella's role is on the bench, but if you think Lestella's a starter, all of a sudden you play him five days, he gets maybe exposed. Here, Justin Wilson, we think he's supposed to be this guy now because he had a good spring and a good start. And then all of a sudden he's exposed a little bit in a high leverage spot, meaning a close game. Sure. So that's my problem. Like, let's learn what he yep. is. And I don't think Joe knows. We thought we were seeing the right guy, and then all of a sudden that kind of thing happens. Now, I know the home plate ump wasn't great last night, hmm. um, but you can't be blaming no. umpires to when you walk three guys in a row. And so we know, I'm and with we, you. The, uh, the uncertainty scares me more than right. anything. And we know, what is he? we know what Joe's going to do because he's done it before. You won't see Wilson in any type of pressure situation, leverage situation. He'll, <laughs> you'll, the next time you'll see him, is, he'll be the eight-run man, up eight or down eight, right? Well, possibly for for an appearance or two. Oh, You're right. That's I how mean, Joe does it. it. Yeah, it, it, well, like any manager would. You bury you bury a oh, guy right, that right. is uns- when oh, he no. gives you uncertainty. Now they might give Wilson one more chance if that's his first bad outing, but it was a bad one. Put them in a pickle for sure. But how about conversely though? Shack, man, that is your go-to guy yep. right yep. now. That funky delivery is still surprising guys, and he's got good stuff. He froze a guy. I forgot who it was. Seventy-five mile an hour. Just threw it up there. I mean, just floated it up there. So on the converse side, at least they brought in a guy that's been really good. You got a little Jim Deshays in there on a funky delivery. <laughs> Over to you, Fred. You know, uh, let's talk about another Wilson. Wilson Contreras, I didn't think he could come to the game with any more attitude than he did last year. But he seems like he's got an attitude. I don't know if it's because he's been hit once or twice or, or what it is. But he seems like he's got an attitude where... I don't want to say an angry attitude, but an attitude like, listen, no one's going to stop me anymore. And this guy, he's fun to watch. He hits the heck out of the ball. I almost said something else. Hits the heck out of the ball. Uh, he's behind the plate. He he surprised Caratini, I think, or Caratini knew it was coming with that throw to first <laughs> on, that, on that ball right in front of the plate that he said, let me get it. Huh. If I'm Caratini, I'm sitting there going, oh, no, here comes Contreras' throw. But this guy, this guy's a mainstay, and I still think it's so amazing, a guy that wasn't a catcher a couple of years ago is as good as he is and this guy he's showing what he can do hitting the ball too well he plays with his hair on fire is what madden says you know what the best quality is 
with that aggressive nature in all assets of his facets of his game, he actually gives you a, a good at bat. It's not just swinging like Javi might swing once right. in a while. Like he goes to the other side, he'll take his walks. That's what I love about him. Like he calms down in the box. I think he sort of had to figure that out because pitchers will take advantage if they see you, you know, going with that kind of uh, energy or, and emotion the whole time. They'll take advantage of you. But he actually gives you a calm at bat, and then he'll crush a ball every so often. So. Man, he's he's got to be careful with that throw. It is accurate, I will say yeah. that, but it is fast yeah. and hard. And uh, you're right. I think Caratini, knowing Contreras so well, expected it. Huh. Rizzo, I don't, you know, like if Zobris was at first or someone else, even though they've seen him do it, they may have been a little bit more surprised. But uh, he's got to be careful. I will say it's an accurate arm, man, yeah. really accurate. I, I know about the first baseman's glove rule when Rizzo comes in for, you know, for the sack bunt, the man closest to first has to wear a can, uh, Caratini wear a catcher's mitt at first base for that throw. Might be easier. <laughs> it would be definitely be easier, but of course not. But yeah, yeah I mean, definitely be easier. So I was going to ask Caratini today because right. they, they had a, a couple words that, uh, about it. But I wondered if he expected it. I think he does because he knows Contreras. So well, well you know, one, I know you used to play with your hair on fire. Also, <laughs> that's, what yeah, Fred. that's what happened. <laughs> uh, you know, the other guy is a guy that you know. I like this guy two years ago. Two years ago, I predicted be a thirty home run hitter, and now I think he's just becoming a really good hitter. Uh, so far, he is. Again, it's only seven games in, but you know, you got to talk. We can't say. Well, we'll talk about it 40 games in. we got stuff to discuss. Um, Addison Russell, I just love his approach to the plate. He hit a ball the other day, hits it to right center. He just seems to be going with the pitch a little bit more. We all know he can turn at it when it's in his, in his sweet zone, but he seems like he's being a little more patient and knows he can become a much better hitter. No one will convince me different that last year was all about his personal problems. I mean, I know he got injured as well, right. but he was off to a bad start without that. that, that I, he was a different guy last year, absolutely in all aspects, aspects. So it tells you what happens off the field can affect the guy, and that became public. There's no doubt. He looks like the guy from 16 who was yeah. moving the right way. He's not polished yet, but he's now he's back to moving in the right direction. He took a step back last year, and I believe it was all because it was off the field. Jesse Rogers with Murph and Fred halfway home on a three-hour sports talk fest. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Nick Friedel comes by around oh, 11 o'clock or so. We'll have uh, continued uh, Masters updates. I want to see Tiger. What'd you say, Fred? You better get up early. You better get up early. Yeah, he's 40th. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Jesse, a couple of quickies here, though it's not uh, the Thunder and Lightning segment. Uh, Tommy LaStella, all right? And you hit it Can on you the just head. Hand him the phone. And you hit it, and you just hit the nail. <laughs> and you just, you just hit the nail on the head. You don't want to play him six days in a row, but maybe you want to play him one day in a row. The guy right now, no one's hitting, right? Who's hitting on the Cubs? Basically nobody. Every time Tommy, yeah, he struck out once. Every time he comes up to pinch hit, he hits the ball on the old Schnazola, right? How come? Or let me rephrase it. Wouldn't you consider starting Lestella? Today, tonight, I don't care where you put him in the field. I don't care if you put him at first base. I don't care if you bat him first, seventh, eighth, pitch or ninth. How can you not put him in? No one's hitting and he's got a magic wand working right now. Yeah, I think he will get in real soon. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, but very soon. You know, a lot of things that go into the lineup people don't realize have to do with the opponent's bullpen. Like who? Who would be if if the, if uh, if they? Well, Josh Hader is a tough lefty, but my point is, 
if they think that Lestella could really do something late in the game against this specific bullpen, they won't start him. Joe has done that. I wanted to hold back on, on Lestella. He's told me that because of the bullpen. So it, it, a lot of things go into that. But at the end of the day, you're right. The first thing, the most important thing is can you score some runs with your starting one through eight? Um, I think he will probably get a start, but man, has he perfected the idea of coming off the bench and giving a good AB. I mean, what, what, to me, that's just amazing because you sit there all day and you don't know how you're going to feel up there, and you have one chance to prove yourself, and he keeps on giving a good AB every time. Yeah. So, but you're not wrong. Uh, At some point, we saw it last year, he did start four in a row when they were struggling, so it, it might happen today or tomorrow. Well, they played seven games, and I'm looking here. Russell has mm-hmm. played seven. Bryant has played seven. Baez has played seven. You can put any one of those guys, if you wanted to, on the bench for the one game and yeah, let Tommy play. Put him still at second, second move Javi to short. Right, move Baez to short, give Russell a day off. There if you, you wanted go. to move, I mean, yesterday, you know, for example, Rizzo's, if his back is still bothering him because of extended batting practice. Yeah, we'll which, talk about yeah, that in a minute. Uh, you could you could put K, you know, Chris Bryant over at first and Sarah Lestella at third. There's a way to get him in the lineup today, especially against a right-handed yeah. pitcher. So Yep, yep. I guarantee right. you Joe thought about that yesterday when, when Rizzo went down. I, I would bet today or tomorrow Lestella will start a game. But maybe Ivy said no. No, maybe he forgot to ask <laughs> Jesse to show him how to make the lineup. <laughs> That's right. We didn't sit down. Well, me, you know me, I'd have Lestella batting every, every uh, game. one through eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, with you out of town, did you hear what Fred did this morning? He went to your garage and was selling books in the alley uh, and is going to split uh, 50-50 with you. That's a good deal, right? That's okay. As long as they it's sell. It's a great deal. I need, I need the help. Thank as long you, as they sell, right? <laughs> What's the name of the book again for everybody? Try not to suck the, the title of your show every week. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to suck. It's on the, uh, the Murph and Fred bestseller list. Check it out. It's really a fine book. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to try to come uh, buy your auto guy over there in uh, Hodgkins. Uh, can if I buy a book from you, uh, will you sign it? Of course, eleven to one. So just a week uh, from today, eleven to one um, in Hodgkins Continental Toyota. Murph, I'll sign ten for you. Minutes away from everybody. As long as you pay for ten. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a free one, I wouldn't want you to sign it. <laughs> but if I buy it, you gotta sign it. All right. Well, you know what I told you know what I told Theo. I said I mm. gave Theo one. And I said I did not sign it in case you want to regift it, and he lo- he appreciated that. Oh. Yeah, I don't want this. Here, take it. Here's you what know? I need. Here's what I really need. I'll pay double for the book if you can get Theo to autograph it to DJ LeMayhew. I was wrong. <laughs> But he was correct on, have you seen what George Soler, Jorge Soler, has done so far? 0 for 11, batting 0, yeah, 0, 0. He looked good in spring. So another one of those, he looks good in spring things. No, but, but like his, 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 he lost even, not that he needed to lose weight, but he looked really good and fit in spring. Yeah. Hit the Cubs hard oh, with yeah. that spring. He's, he's kind of always been yeah. a spring player, I Schwab's, think. Schwab's look good too. We'll see. Well, and and the other yeah, thing, exactly. The other thing, and I, you know, I'm look, talking about it because of some of the players on the South side, but they, a lot of the Latin players don't like playing in the cold weather. Period. Uh, the problem yep. is, a lot of times in April, you play in cold weather. So you can't win a championship in April, but you can lose one. You can be so far out, you can't get back. Guys from Northbrook and LaGrange Park and Berwyn Cicero don't like playing in the cold either. Yeah, but, but they're used to it. But they're used yeah, to it. They're used to it. Yeah, some of the players from no, Cuba. So but, but Fred's right that there's that old saying, you can't win the pennant in April, but you can lose it. Not that the Cubs yeah. are on the verge of it. No, no, if you no, start. No. 
one of those one in ten seasons. You know, mm-hmm. if you go one in ten, any team, yeah. you know, you're pretty much out of it. So, uh, but you know, they stay hang around five hundred the first month. It's fine. Okay, sure. Um, you know, then fifteen they were what four over after one month. Last year they were two over in the hangover year, Murph. There you go. <laughs> so April is just about finding yourself as long as you don't get buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't touch that dial. It's ESPN one thousand. Would you get off my seat, <laughs> Jesse? You're already on with it as a guest. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. Okay, Fred. All right, last thing, Jesse. We played in the playground no matter what the weather was like in April. We're having a big uh, brouhaha here. We have about 45 seconds. I say that Javi Baez, and I know that Joe said he runs the bases like Willie Mays, which is sort of true. He might be you the sure one didn't guy. Mean Willie Mays Hayes from Major he League. He might be the one guy I give you know the green light for the hitter on three and zero. I might give him the green light for a, a, a Lou Brock steal anytime you want. I give him the green light on the bases. I don't want him to look over at Buttermaker, Buttercrud at third because <laughs> Buttermaker don't know his speed, and I'm giving him no flat for looking over the shoulder and going home two days ago and doing what he did again yesterday because he can run the bases. He gets the green light 99.9. You don't go to third with, with two out. I'm going to give him the green light until he proves everybody wrong. And this is a good quality by, uh, of Joe Madden. He really won't restrict guys even if they make a mistake if he thinks they're, they're, their head's in the right place. So obviously not everybody can do what Bias is doing and they don't attempt it. But, but you're right. I think that the, they let him, he even said that they let me do what I want on the base pass. Now, I think once in a while looking back and slowing down can be troublesome, but he is really bright. Remember what Madden said about watching Bias, his first winner as manager. Ten seconds. Puerto Rico before even his first spring training. The first thing that stood out wasn't the big swing and miss, mm-hmm. it was him on the base yeah. pass, and we're seeing him at his best right now. Ten seconds hard break. Jesse, next we're going to have golf tip of the day coming up here with Dow Finster while Jesse Rogers. Okay? Jesse used to produce that. Golf tip of the day, Murph! <laughs> okay, Jesse. Hey, Jesse, great job. Uh, uh, name of the book, you got two seconds. Go. Try Not to Suck, available at Amazon and uh, bookstores everywhere. Thanks, Jesse. Great job. Thanks to you, buddy. Murph and Fred, let's go down to Augusta. Thanks, Jess. Green Jackets, everybody. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Nick Friedel with Bulls. From the Augusta National Golf Club, Westwood One Sports presents this special report on the Masters. I'm Ted Emmerich. Drizzle on the course, but the third round is off and rolling. Patrick Reed leads the way at 9-under. He tees off in less than three hours, weather permitting. Jordan Spieth is within striking distance. The 2015 Masters champion is 4-under, five shots back, and he knows he's got to be patient this weekend. It has nothing to do with this play specifically. It's more of par has been a really good score. And I'm in a really good position at this point in time. I need to recognize that and not try and force anything. Because the second you try and force things out here is when you get to, like, like I did on seven, trying to carve one in by the hole, you end up plugged in a bunker making another bogey. So it only affected me one shot trying to force things there, fortunately. And I'll learn from that. Now, Spieth was the 18-hole leader before a rough first nine on Friday. He saved his round after the turn. Spieth tees off at 210 Eastern. You're listening to exclusive coverage of the 2018 Masters on Westwood One. Most people know UPS, but did you know we offer expert advice for startups? I have a big idea, and now I have big decisions to make. No problem. Talk with one of our experts for new ways to streamline operations so you can do more, faster. I want to be more efficient so I can focus on the bigger picture. You focus on your business. We've got the rest. That would be huge. Get expert advice for your growing business at ups.com slash startups. From figuring it out to getting it done, we're United Problem Solvers. UPS. When it comes to hiring, you don't have time to waste. You need to get to a short list of qualified candidates fast. 
That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using our intuitive online dashboard. Your time is precious. Let Indeed help you get to your short list of qualified candidates. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Let's check the leaderboard delivered to you by UPS. From figuring it out to getting it done, UPS is here to help. UPS, United Problem Solvers. Patrick Reed with back-to-back rounds in the 60s is on top at 9-under. Mark Leishman, two back at 7-under. Henrik Stenson, the only Swedish man to win a major, is 5-under par, 4-back. Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth are 4-under. On the course, Tiger Woods starts bogey-bogey. He is 6-over par for the tournament. Phil Mickelson opens with a Triple at number one, follows up with a bogey at two. Since then, five straight pars. Phil is at plus nine. Doug Gim, a senior at the University of Texas, the only amateur to make the cut. He has already clinched low amateur status this week. He birdies number two. He is plus four overall in Poulter, one over through five, plus six. From Augusta, I'm Ted Emmerich, Westwood One Sports. Busy day. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Nikki Free, talk a little about ping pong balls, etc. And who's that new guy that keeps scoring 20 points? Ah, he's no good. He's a D-leaguer. Okay, whatever. What do I know? Just a fan. All right, let's bring in Eric Ostrowski, EO11. What was the uh, results? John Lester, the poll from an hour ago. John Lester's throwing has improved each year. It's unchanged since he got here, and it's getting worse every year. Fans said... 49% of the fans voted that it's unchanged since he's gotten to the Cubs. Okay, it's been getting better every year, but that's fine. That's why uh, I don't vote, Fred, then I get irritated. It's still the most, it's still the most puzzling thing uh, in all the sports. But uh, he's, you know, he was really bad. Now he's not as bad. Now Danny he's figured out how to throw one hopper to the base. Why not? Right. It works. Yep. Uh, Davy Concepcion invented that on AstroTurf with the big red machine. Young Tom Waddle showed him how to do it. Uh, Manny, there, Manny Trio was good at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. At, uh, uh, a fun uh, party night in Covington, Kentucky at the Travel Lodge, I understand, uh-huh. right there on the river. 10.30, our poll was Kyle Long had surgery in the offseason for his neck, his shoulder, and his elbow. He will start one through four games, one to four, five to eight games, nine to 12 games, or 13 to 16 games. What the fans say, Kyle Long, three surgeries, how many games? Tight voting, 35% believe that he will play nine to 12 games. That's where I would have went. Okay, not enough, yeah. not enough. Uh, quick, Fred, uh, I know you got your White Sox notebook, but there's an ESPN football guy. You've, you've, you know all these guys. Uh-huh. You've heard them. Is there a Dan uh, Graziano out yep. there? Okay. Mm-hmm. He had a story this week, ESPN.com, talking about the draft who might trade up trade down but but listen to this his opening uh, sentence the problem with every mock draft every year is the first trade on draft night there's no accounting for it all we know is that it will happen and that it won't be the last trade in the first round. And that it instantly, here we go, it will undo weeks and months of predicting mock drafts and prognosticating that everyone's been doing. In other words, he says, the mock drafts mean nothing. Yeah, usually they don't. And uh, every once in a while, when there's a uh, trade, some te- some guys with mock drafts in the final week, they do them with trades because they've heard that there's possibilities of trading sure. up and okay. stuff like that. So Back on your White Sox notebook. 
Yolmer Sanchez, I think that Yoan Moncada should change his name to Yolmer Moncada <laughs> so he can start hitting the ball. Magic name, right? Yes. I mean, because before that, Carlos, San- Carlos Sanchez couldn't hit the ball. A player to be named later. Now Yolmer hits the ball. And the guy that doesn't need to change his name, Avi Garcia. Who is it? That, uh, TV, what's our new TV guy? Uh, uh, and TV, the White Sox play by... Benetti? Yeah, Jason yeah, Benetti. yeah. He's, he loves saying the first name. Avasiel. 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 Yeah, I know. A-B-C-D-L. Just call him Avi. M-O-U-S. Yeah, Avi. Avi is so easy. Avi, how about this? Uh, hit the longest uh, home run uh, since the uh, stat cat for the White Sox started tracking at 481 feet. But how about Ricky Renteria moving him to the two-hole, Fred? I mean, yep. that's, a, that's a great move by the manager. Yeah, it's a real nice move. And, uh, you know, if Moncada starts getting on, then you have Garcia and Abreu. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Matt Davidson's been amazing, not only with his homers. He's got four homers and eight RBIs. He scored nine runs the other day, and he has drawn walks. He has four walks this year, more than anybody on the team. Well, Moncada also with four, so they share the lead in walks. Avi used to bat, what, four or five last year? Five or six, yeah. Five and six. Now he's in front of Abreu. Right. And he's getting even better pitch selection, obviously. And everyone thought it was a one-year blip. No, he got in great condition last offseason, a year ago, 18 months ago, whatever. I I think he's going to maintain this. And so did Abreu. And the thing I keep saying, for two days in a row, I've been talking now about the uh, the Latin players and how they hit better indoors. Uh, When did Abreu hit well? In Toronto, he hit well that was indoors okay sure. right kansas city cold uh out of guaranteed rate cold would be cold today when giolito takes the hill and there's a big game for giolito because he he struggled the other day in his first outing so we'll see how he does today you know if you don't like playing the cold doesn't matter how many millions they pay you it doesn't matter how much mentally you just forget about the cold no you can't no it's that's terrible cold. that's why it should be april 15th as we all voted for the start of mlb on the uh, first poll today one hour left murph and fred nikki free and much much more coming up a couple more masters updates so if you're a masters guy stay right here you'll get all or gal you'll get all you used to smoke dutch masters <laughs> you'll get what a white owl wallop and a box of white owl cigars bob Nelson used to say murph and fred what ESPN 1000. Four and three and two and one, one. I know. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. First two hours have been busy. Next hours, this hour's maybe going to be more busy, Fred. One minute away from Nick Friedel. Got your ping pong balls in your pocket. I don't know. I'm happy to see you today, Fred. Yeah, I left all of mine at home. <laughs> I got so much here we didn't get to. All right, give me 30 seconds. Well, there's so many things. Well, I, I get just on my page. I got I got the Saints. I got huh. Otani with homers in three straight games. The Bulls, the Blackhawks. We got the Stamakita's grandkids. How about Otani? The, the coolest thing in the world. Otani, three homers in three games. Yeah. He had a victory his first outing. They, they said that he, you know, he's like Babe Ruth. They're going to start him every Sunday maybe and then uh, let him play DH or the outfield, whatever, three or four games a week. Yep. Well, they let him bat when he's pitching. That's the question. American League, a DH, they gotta let him bat. I don't think so. Really? Only against National League teams. Wow. So. So real quick. So, uh, our buddy Len Casper says this the other day. Late in the game, the Cubs had nine hits, all right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, seven of them were, uh, extra base hits, all right? So listen to this. Len Casper, quote, seven of the Cubs' nine hits tonight have been better than a single. <laughs> Okay. Never heard that? Never. No. Never heard that one. We need a little trick with Nick. Let's go to Nick Friedel. Nick. A little trick with Nick. Nick, 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 Nick
Nick. Nick. Oh, yes. Murph and Fred, little trick with Nick. Hello, Nick Friedel. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're well, doing great. Yeah, Nick, I look at the uh, Tankathon and the Bulls moved up. Yes, they moved up from nine to eight. Yes, they did. They go from uh, two point three percent to almost four. They picked up by one ball. Yeah. One out of a hundred. They picked up ten out of a thousand balls. Freddie, you and I <laughs> talked about this throughout the day, uh-huh. and I cannot stress to everybody listening to us right now: the next few games, they are must lose. I mean, it's rare that you hear that, but that's exactly what this is. These games. To close out the year for the Bulls are must lose. You know, they got a couple against Brooklyn, and they got that final one against the Pistons. They need to do whatever they need to do, and and my point all along has been to run Chris Felicio at the point and let the offense uh, <laughs> roll through him. And Omer is getting some some time last night, which is a very good sign. So whatever it takes. They've got to find a way to lose out the year. But Nick, I saw people tweeting you, and Felicio was running the point last night. He came into the, he came down, he came down the lane and dished the ball underneath the hoop and threw it out of bounds. That is yeah, right Tuesday. by Archie Diacono. Yeah. yeah, my man Gustavo on Twitter said to me, and I was like, "There you go." You know, Sylvie was all hyped up. Oh, they're going to win. Well, first of all, Boston is too proud of a team to roll over right. against the Bulls. But I, I, I've been saying it. You know, if your guard packs. You can't utter the word tank. You can't breathe the word tank. But you're giving Freddie Hoiberg some some sign language, and you're giving him some specific eye contact and Morse code, whatever it takes. They know how important the draft lottery positioning is. And if you're the Bulls, you have got to, got to lose these last few games because it doesn't benefit you uh, to go beat Brooklyn a couple times uh, a team that doesn't even have its own pick right. uh, this year and doesn't really care. One, and then to one go, game. They're one yeah, game ahead right. of the I mean, Bulls, to remind everybody. Go ahead. They they have got to find ways to uh, to make themselves not really look good. And, you know, the, the, a lot of these guys are, are working for their next contract and they're pro players. But let me tell you, if you give the ball to Felicio a lot, you aren't going <laughs> to score much. So keep making that happen. Keep running O'Mare out there, who's barely played in a few years. Uh, keep uh, you know barely letting him work years. off some rust, and, and and then see where you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've got a <laughs> bunch of guys that just aren't pro players uh, right now on your roster. They're proud players. They're just not talented enough. So let them play a lot. And see what happens. They kept you on the edge of your seat last night because it was like 107 100 and Boston kept missing shots. And it's like, okay, here they come. Oh no. Well, you know, Diacono at three. Why? <laughs> Nick was just talking about there's some type of like a third base coach, John Paxson, upstairs in the first level booth there, you know, with a signal like hit and run, bunt, tank. No, you, you know what he's got? I found out from some inside sources. Uh, Paxson has an electronic cattle prod. And they. On his on his chair. Remember, you ever again him Colonel Parker, fellas? He was Elvis Presley's Elvis yeah. uh, Elvis, sort of crazy yeah. agent. Before he found Elvis, back in the forties, he did like a traveling road show, you know, horse drawn thing, carnival around, and he had Colonel Parker's dancing chickens. You know, down in the south, they'd go from town to town, and turned out, you know, you know what he had, what what made the chickens dance? Nick? I do. <laughs> 
I don't. What was the, it? The chickens were on what turned out to be like a hamburger hot griddle, like you would have at McDonald's. Oh, he would flip the switch. No, no, no. And he covered it with sawdust. And the people would come in, the chickens are like dancing up and down, left, right, left. It's because he's got the, the grill on burning them. <laughs> well, let's, uh, hey, let's hope it doesn't get to that I point. I hope the, not, uh, too. The, the take a thought. I, I was I was thinking, if you were just going to say somebody in the, the Bullshit <laughs> office is throwing up a tee somewhere uh, you yeah. know, late in these games. But, man, oh, man, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> By any means necessary. Here's what they can By do. any means necessary do you remember, in the next you, couple. You, you fellas recall the, there used to be the two minute, you know, two minutes to go in the half, two, or two minutes to go in the game when Jordan was here. Remember that? have a little do 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 real soft so the bulls knew there was two minutes to go they had some kind of little sound do 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 time to tank why has <laughs> why was lopez on the team why was Lopez on the yeah, team? Yeah, he's the reason the that they, if it weren't for him and I know Mark and I mean uh, uh Nico got hot but Lopez he put in 15, 18 points a game when they were winning in the middle third. Why was he? Let me rephrase it. What was the plan? Was this a successful year for Paxson? It looks to me like, and I'm anti-tank, but the rules are you tank. It's it's the draft. Not you know the draft makes you tank. So we all understand that by now, right? Right. What, right. Did, did well, they succeed? Did they succeed in, in their goal this year? They got one guy marking it. Does that mean next year? So, well, like I hear you talk about Levine and the contract. So then they get one. They trade him. What are they? One. So we're on a four-year plan. Is that it? One guy like marking in this year, next year, and third year. What is this? A four-year plan? Let's be honest here. Yeah, I, I think it's going to take it's going to take a few years, uh, Murph. But the the key is, and quickly on Lopez. I mean, I've been told a couple times. That uh, you know, a lot of fans, and Sylvie's been hammering this one for weeks. Why didn't they trade Lopez at the deadline? Why even keep him on the team? I've been told they didn't even get a call on Lopez. Why they have him? Did they, did, was it sunk money and they had to eat it? I mean, start well, the year. That goes back to the the Derrick Rose uh, uh-huh. deal uh, right. from a couple of years ago. So uh, I think they just figured, all right, we'll plug this guy in. He's a professional. Uh, he, he's well liked throughout the organization. Sure, sure. We lo- I love but, that guy. Don't get me wrong. How many games fewer would they have won if they just played uh, what's his name, Felicio? Felicio. All year, and well, didn't have Lopez. And, and there's the key, and this is this is a broader conversation. I, I would say at least two, at least two or three. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why when you're, you, if you're going to quibble with the Bulls' season, and quibble with well, they should have been tanking all along, and when Nico got hot, they should have been playing these mm-hmm. other guys more. Uh, one of the the things right at the top of the list is, I mean, Felicio is terrible. That that contract is. Brutal. That was two years, right? And Three. four years. This is okay. year one of four. So right. more, yeah. They should have been playing him more <laughs> if the goal, which it always was, was to lose a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. But, but Murph, the, the 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 other question here is, you know, is it a successful year? And and I'd argue that uh, actually, yes, this has been a successful year for the Bulls because they've accomplished. Uh, pretty much what they they set out to do. I mean, they wanted to have a top-five pick, and it's looking like they're not going to be a top-five uh, lottery team, but they, they might fall all the way to six if they can you know lose these must-lose games here uh, down the stretch. But the other parts are, uh, I think that Markkinen has a chance to be a, a really great player, and nobody was quite sure what he would become uh, when, when he got uh, dealt on, on draft night. 
then you have an extra first-round pick. You know, everybody goes nuts. Oh, if Nico hadn't gotten hot and come back, you know, they wouldn't have won all those games. And then maybe they're in the top three or four. That that that's true. But if Nico doesn't get hot, there there's no way they sniff another first-round pick. And the fact that they got a first-round pick for Nico, who yep. was knocked out on the ground. Uh, right before the season started, after that fight with Bobby Portis, it was a fantastic move for the Bulls front office. Nick Friedel, we're coming up on a hard break. We'll spring you for a Masters talk. So a couple rapid fires here, Fred, you and me, I'll go. Uh, but here's the thing. Out of a 1,000 ping-pong balls, let's call it a 100 because it's easier. So the Bulls are in eighth place this morning. They would get three balls out of a 100 to try to get one of the top three. You move up one stinking notch, and you get... One more ball. Four out of a hundred. If they move up to sixth place, which you're talking about, fine. They would get six balls, roughly, out of a hundred. That's the point to get a couple. But if you don't get the one, two, or three, then you're in your slot anyway, right? It's crazy. Exactly. It's nothing. Exactly. Hey, exactly. What do you it's do? It's a weird if, system that needs a lot. It's of ridiculous. Things. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and they got a lot of ways to go, Murph. And that's oh. why, I like, the teams like as, as angry as fans are, teams like Phoenix. Right. And the Magic mm-hmm. uh, and Dallas down the stretch. I mean, those those teams were committed <laughs> all the way through yeah. uh, to the there tank, and it would have been hard to pass them. Now, what do you think Nick does between uh, halftime break and during breaks? I, you know, he worked hardest working guy in basketball. Everything Nick does is great. I hope Nick, like when there's a timeout, a TV timeout, two or three minute break, that you relax a little. At bit. At one point, NBC Sports Net Chicago comes back. Neil and Stacy throw it to something that Vincent Goodwill was doing. And there's Friedel behind Vincent, like, karaoke to whatever the music was playing. I mean, <laughs> Nick's, he's bopping his head. He, he's a... He's lip syncing. I'm like, what is this guy? I mean, on skinny pop pop. <laughs> Unbelievable. At least he's entertaining himself at the Bulls game, I guess. Well, she's got to do something there. Hey, 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 hey. It's a family show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, you got to find ways to, to keep your mind busy there uh, down the days. The days of the tank, guys. But I have good news for yeah. anybody that's going to that game tonight. You know what the halftime performance is tonight? Coolio. Is it really? And that is a guy. I, I mean, I know, I know a large You'll part be of the, the Coolio catalog. So be, I am excited. I'm going to be singing and dancing throughout uh, the game on this one. I think that's amazing. All right, Nick, uh, Fred. Last thing. So Sean Fitzpatrick, his last four games reverse. If he had 13, then he had Gil 14. Patrick, John Kilpatrick. I'll learn his name next year. (laughs) 13, 14, 21, last night 24 points. Oh, Murph, he's a D-leaguer. All right, he's a D-leaguer. Then how do you get 24 points if you're a bum? Uh, There are a lot of bums that have scored (laughs) 24 points uh, in the league. I mean, look, Kilpatrick has played uh, for several different teams, guys, but Mm -hmm. he's 28 years old. So... You got to remember that he's scoring these points because uh-huh. the Bulls are in full blown take mode now. So, right. do I think he's a piece for the future? Not really. Okay. Uh, but he wouldn't be the first guy who's a G League type player who's come up and found a little success uh, for a, a bad team late in the season. Like a Triple A baseball lifer that gets called up in September and it's five homers in September, and you know Ozzie that he'll Timmons, Murph. Ozzie Ozzie Timmons. Timmons. There you go. There's the comparison. <laughs> oh man. 
I've been around too long when I'm getting the Ozzy Timmons thrown at me. <laughs> Nick Friedel, great Cub fan. No time right now to talk Cubs. Uh, been a great season, Nick. I, we didn't want you to think we'd forgotten you. We hadn't had you on in about a month or two. Oh, Murph and Fred. Can, can, then Eric gets hold. Can you come on? Oh, sure. Love to come on with the guys. That was a that major week, right, Nick? Thank absolutely, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's always good on Saturday mornings to get things rolling and hear y'all's voices. Uh, so. A little uh, I will, trick with uh, I'll be here if you need a Cubs thoughts down in oh, the yeah. summer, though. Oh, we will definitely hit you up on those. Yeah. Come visit us in the <laughs> summer. We'll talk baseball with Nick Friedel. Nicky Free, a little Nick. trick with Nick. Thanks for all you, Nick. You've been great, man. All right. See you guys. Have a good one. You bet. You too. Thank you. We're a few seconds away from a uh, Masters tournament update. Uh, so uh, it's your last chance. Vote right now for our current Twitter poll uh, question, which is... Let me look here. Oh, oh, the Bulls last two months. The plan looked good. The plan uh, broke down. The plan stuck in the mud. Or the plan is there was no plan. <laughs> Vote right now and we'll have your results when we return. Everyone on hold. We'll get you on the air. 332-3776. Sunny day. Cold. Maybe they'll get some baseball in on the south side today. Murph and Fred back in a flash. ESPN 1000. Where's my green jacket? time right now for a master's update. Let's go down to Augusta, Georgia. I don't know how you got there so quickly, Fred, but I have to whisper because I know that you're in a very quiet area right now. Yeah, I don't I don't listen. I don't abide by any of those rules. <laughs> None of them. Um, the the people that are on the course. Uh, is this Kevin, up your Fred's can? Oh, no, not oh, okay. really. Kevin Kistner is uh, two under for the day, but he's one over for the tournament. The people that are even par and better including your leader, Patrick Reed. They all tee off a little bit later on today. Oh, that could be your reader, Patrick Reed. Yeah, Patrick, said Patrick Reed's nine under. Mark <laughs> Leishman is seven. Hmm. Henrik Stenson, five. Then you have two golfers at four under. Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. Hmm. Nice little duo there. Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson are three under. A group of golfers at two under par include Tony Finau, who um, suffered that dislocated ankle the hmm. other day and still mm-hmm. had a really nice first round. Yeah. Also, Charlie Hoffman, Bubba Watson, uh, Dustin, uh, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler. So maybe he was using his foot wedge. Ever maybe. use that when you're out there? Never. I never do that. Okay. Louis Oosthuizen also a two under par. God bless Tiger, you. by the way. Let's see. Tiger was. Uh, I like Tiger. Where's Tiger? Let's see. Uh, let's see. Is he? Is Tiger on the course? I'm still <laughs> looking. I'm. Lo- I, I'm going so far down. I he just teed off early, right? I just can't seem to find it. You know what teased me off? I can't just. I can't seem to find a it. Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Where's where? Where would Tiger Woods be? I don't scroll. Oh, here he is. Do you call it scrolling down or scrolling up when you go down? Uh, scrolling down. Okay. Uh, he's one over for the uh, day. He is five over for the tournament mm-hmm. uh, through seven holes today. Okay. So he's now 48th. Uh, so mm-hmm. for all those people that thought Tiger might win, I think you have something else you can do on your Saturday or Sunday afternoon. You know, Fred, in uh, 1937, members of uh, the Augusta National remember it well started wearing green jackets. Why? So they would be more easily recognized by the spectators who are called patrons. The unless man. they unless they yell dilly dilly, then they're called. Then you're you're out of here. <laughs> then you're you're. Then they call a paddy wagon <laughs> for you. A what? The tradition started so members in their green jackets could offer assistance to the patrons. Mm-hmm. Should we call our fine listeners patrons? They would be right. 
There would be. Everyone uh, participating and listening. And, uh-huh. Okay. To all our patrons out there, you probably didn't know this, but until the 13th edition, the 13th year of the uh, tournament, uh, that a champion was actually awarded a green jacket. Yes, indeed. 1949, Sam Sneed. I called him slamming at the uh, 19th hole. Hey, slamming, you want to slam a few bourbons? In 1949, Slammin' Sammy Sneed became the first to win a green jacket. And then he won another one in 1952 and his third in 1954. Fred, I don't know if you knew this and all our patrons listening right now. As part of the Masters uh, ceremony, the champion from the previous year helps the new champion into his jacket. When Jack Nicholas became the first to win back to back masters in 1966 the legend Bobby Jones suggested that Nicholas hand himself the new one because he was the repeating guy and he handed himself the new green jacket but in 1990 when Nick Faldo did the same thing Faldo successfully defended his title Augusta National Chairman Horde W. Harden his first name's Horde okay so he His middle initials the, W. And he keeps Harden. all the jackets on, right? Well, then he helped Faldo. The original hoarder. His, uh, I order, used to order from there. Uh-huh. Is it still around? I don't think so. I had a great uh, experience at Staples recently. Yes. Uh, hoarder uh, W. Harden helped Faldo into his uh, repeating jacket. But see, here, there's a big question about that this week. Oh, what's that, Fred? Well, Sergio Garcia. Sh- whisper, they're getting, they got the quiet stick Screw behind you. They're going to hit you with the quiet I want, stick. I want someone to hit me with the quiet stick. <laughs> um, Sergio Garcia was the winner last year. Yes. Sergio Garcia took a 13 on Monday, on uh, Thursday. So yes, he's, he did. And he's I'm not, not hearing one more person say that 10 cup, I'm going to, I don't know. He's why. not going to play on Thursday, on uh, today or tomorrow. So ah. did, did you think he left yesterday sure and was going to come back on Sunday? Maybe or he absconded with the uh, new green jacket. Is he going to hang around the clubhouse shaking hands and uh, kissing babies and then uh, just give the green jacket out? Well, funny you should mention that, Fred. Augusta allows champions to remove their jacket off the premises of the club, the property, for one year. But after that, they must return it because the, the green jacket must remain on club grounds after one year. Gary Player, oh yes, famously broke the rule. The great South African. After losing a playoff in 1962, he packed up his jacket from the year before and took it back home to South Africa. That's what, hey, Gary Player can do whatever Gary Player wants. He told then-chairman Clifford Roberts, that's not the White Sox phenom that we don't know how to pronounce, Robert, Robert, okay. That's Robert now. He Uh, told chairman Clifford Roberts he didn't know he was supposed to leave it at the club. Nah, nah, nah. There you go. The jackets, you'll be proud to know, are made in uh, the United States. Made by Hamilton Tailoring Company in Cincinnati, just across the river from Co- Covington, Kentucky, where a young Tom Waddle probably hung out with me. We didn't know each other many years ago at the Travel Lodge Bar. Tommy wouldn't be at the Travel Lodge Bar. He might, he oh, may I be. think I, I think I was there yeah. with them. Yeah, the winner receives the uh, jacket on Sunday. Uh, made in America. That's your. I almost said Olympic. That is your no. Masters Tournament update. Thank goodness and the Olympics are over. And I can't take any more of that music.
And in several weeks, we'll probably have the U.S. Open updates. And then the British Open. If it comes down the line like it didn't do this time. <laughs> How about that, Eric? It was supposed to come down the line. What happened? Did did they push the wrong button back at uh, Control Central? I just pressed buttons when told, and there was nothing there when I pressed said button. There you go. So in reality, we could have bunch, punched up three minutes of dead air. Yeah, we could have if we just sat here. Yes, that's what happened for the first couple seconds, for sure. Because you just played the music. Are we going to get yelled at? Are you going to get yelled at? Because no, the, I did uh, what I had to do. It just it wasn't on me. It's not there. It's not there. Now, here's the next question. We have our final one, and, and boy, you know what? I can't believe 19 it's, minutes. I can't believe it's our final one, scheduled 11.46. What do you think the odds are that coming down a pipe, as I like to say? I'm going to say 40-60, it's coming down versus not coming well, down. Well, let's take a Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. Do you think we're going to get the next feed? Do you want it? Don't want it? Got to have it? I, I don't care. Hey, everybody wants to hear the music again. Fred, can you just say the uh, uh, lead is in the read one more time? Like well, I heard Patrick, this morning Patrick about Reed 5 a.m. <laughs> That's enough. Thank you, Eric. All right. Lots to cover right here, but you know what? I hear you, Fred. You're doing great. What they up up your can, Fred? Uh huh. Fred, what's up your what's can? What's up, Fred's can? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Murph, what's, yeah. your, what's your beef? Oh, what's my beef? I thought you'd never ask. Number one, Ryan Braun. This guy. Aren't there new rules about pace of game? Isn't there a direct rule not to step out of the batter's box once you're in it? Supposed to be. Every pitch. You watch this guy. Two more games with the Brewers. Every pitch, he steps his left foot way out of the box. He keeps the right foot just on the chalk line, and he looks around. And then he gets in the box, and this is what irritates me. This is really my beef. He puts. He's a right-handed hitter. He puts his right hand, the backhand, by the umpire. He puts. He stares down at home plate like he's meditating. I'm not ready. He puts the right (laughs) hand up like in the umpire's face, like hold on, hold on, hold on, hold. If I were that pitcher, I'd wind up, I'd either throw 98 down the middle, or I'd throw 98 and buzz him. I'd buzz the tower. The umpire's got no say about anything. You can grant timeout. He's not, it's just a ploy. It's just a trick move that they let him get away with. It, it's the biggest beef I have. I think. You think oh, so? wait a minute. <laughs> Burn, what's your beef? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. The cop was Sounds pretty upset. How did the cow get in the studio? I don't know. Is that Elsie? All right. Last night's Cubs game, Milwaukee in the dugout. They want to decide whether to challenge a pickoff at first base if the Cub runner was out or safe. They take a full minute. I timed it. They they, they say, Mr. Umpire, this is the manager, a little Council, right? Uh-huh. Craig Council. He holds up. Mr. Umpire, wait a minute. Mr. Umpire, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm And he's on the phone talking to his goofus back, you know, probably having a, a brat and a beer in the locker room looking at the back and forth. Replay, That's right, replay. Okay, safer, safer up. It took a minute, and finally, everyone's standing waiting, standing waiting. Where's that, where's that commissioner buddy of yours? Oh, yep. he's not, he's what? Not oh, your buddy? Rob Manfred. Where is he? There's supposed to be 20 seconds between each pitch. Wasn't that ballyhooed? Yeah, but that one, they don't, they didn't, uh, they didn't put that one in. But that's, see, here's they didn't the thing. put that rule in. Here's my rule. You have until the next pitch is thrown to throw, like in football. If that next, uh, b- uh, ball is snapped, right? Next play yep. is snapped. 
You can't. You don't say, hey, wait a minute, we're still checking. Hold on. We're checking. You either throw that red flag up. You should have to say challenge or no challenge before the pitch is thrown. If I'm that pitcher and Joe Man said, throw the pitch. Yeah. Throw the pitch. Why would the Cubs? Well, the batter would just step out. So, But you're not allowed to anymore. Yeah, they do. Uh, so and that was another Murph no. moment. See, there no, was a situation. No. There was a situation the other day in the White Sox game mm-hmm. where Avi Garcia slid into second base, and uh, the guy, the oh, shortstop yeah. Iglesias from uh, Detroit, pointed to the dugout and said he came off the base. I tagged him. His front Detroit, foot bounced up in the air. Yeah, he right. came up in the air on the pop up slide, mm-hmm. and he was off the base, and the the glove was touching him. Uh-huh. And Steve Stone said, "Well, see, he did a good job of." And then Stone stopped talking. Yeah, because he saw the replay. He saw the replay. Right. And uh, Stone says, uh, maybe we should, maybe they should throw the next pitch. Yes. And they threw the next pitch. Yes. And he goes, you know, if they would have challenged that, Avi would have been out at second base. Well, that's so. the, uh, that, and that's usually the uh, head first slide where your body bows and like your, where your belt or is. Or you get past it. And you go over the yeah. bag. And then for that moment when your belt is up in the air and they right. keep the tag on you. Did you know that there was talk this off season that that they would were not, not be allow called one. an out right. if you're doing a normal slide? Yeah. That is, that, well, that's, I, well, it's ridiculous. Well, that, yes and no. Well, that's not you, what the rule, that's not what the replay is used oh, for. That's not the spirit. That's I understand. The, yeah. But then you got the gray area of where do you draw the line? Yeah. Well, anybody coming off the base on a tag. I mean, it's well. He was legitimately tough. out because his front foot bounced up in the air yeah. when he was sliding feet first in. No, you're, you're exactly right. Murph, what's your beat? Oh, Fred, thought you never ask. <laughs> Sounds like the electric cattle prod we were talking about is sure just does. being used. Maybe someone's making cows dance. Oh, I hope Peter's not coming. Just like so Colonel sorry. Parker. Ah, made, no. Colonel Parker made the chickens dance. No animals have been harmed in this segment. Just a few listeners. No, those would be our patrons. <laughs> My beef. Right now, they're patron saints. All right. Why no? I've been saying this since they started this replay. Or even before that, just for home viewers, home patrons watching uh, baseball on TV. Why are there no cameras anchored on the foul poles, down the foul line towards home plate, when you get a, a call like last night where... Uh, Kane, Citizen Kane, uh, Lorenzo of the uh, Brewers, hits a key liner down the left field line. Uh, about halfway uh, down where the old Cub bullpen would have been. Uh, yep. They're at Milwaukee. And uh, all indications looked like it never kissed the uh, white foul line. Then you got to the TV announcers. God love them both. Well, you know, that chalk sometimes kicks up with the paint. No, you guys have been following baseball for years. There's no more chalk. It's paint, or it's more than paint. It's like a weird little, uh, almost like rubber yeah. thing where you cleat stone, and then kicks up nothing. How, how can guys do baseball all these years, 162 games a year, and talk about the chalk kicking up? But anyway, it, it took a big divot out of the uh, uh, like this sort of rubbery astroturfish uh, right. foul territory. It could have easily been so. Then they review it. But the camera angle is from, like, behind the first base dugout. It's off about 90 feet. But they did show the uh, camera angle from behind uh, the foul pole. Later in that review, they showed showed one. But it was, you're right. It was hard to see. It wasn't on the foul pole, was it? It wasn't direct. Well, you can't have it on the... Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Bolted up on the foul pole. It was as close to the foul pole as it could get. I know, I know. But you, you can bolt a camera... 
Uh, unless you have an effect on your production costs for the year, like one of the Chicago uh-huh. TV stations covering the Cubs. <laughs> and just look down the thought line. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. What's your beef? Oh, Fred. I mentioned this earlier, these elbow guards. The rule is yeah, you got, you got, uh, 10 inches of elbow guard, yeah. and this guy tames, tames. It's it's from like his forearm up to his shoulder. Yeah, I, White Sox. Yomer Sanchez has a big has a big elbow guard. I know a bunch of other guys do, and I don't know. I haven't measured. Uh, doesn't uh, Rizzo have one too? I haven't measured. Rizzo does, but Bryant doesn't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't measured his yet. So. Bryant, excuse me, used to have like a little. Elbow cup. Had, yeah. A little elbow cup. He doesn't have one now. That might be what Sanchez has. It's a little thing. And really? Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that today. Okay. You know, uh, I, I've got, there's a, there's a What's Up My Can, and it actually takes place. Fred, what's up your can? It takes place with um, uh, the NBA draft, because the NBA draft's not for a while, but you know, obviously we're all worried about and concerned where the Bulls are going to draft. But when the night of the NBA draft, players get drafted. They put on the hat from the team that drafts him. But throughout the entire draft, they continue to say, well, he's wearing the hat of the Utah Jazz, but he will not play for the Jazz because he's been traded. Well, then the commissioner should figure it out and the league should figure it out. So when they get up to the podium, they say, well, the Utah's pick has now been traded to the Chicago Bulls. And with that pick, the Bulls take such and such. They they do it all the time for the entire draft. They wait till the end of the first round to make all of the trades official. It is the dumbest thing mm-hmm. that well, the NBA does. And in my mind, the NBA does a lot of dumb things. I heard some of the guys at the station during the week, Monday through Friday, miss, I miss a little, miss a lot. And they're going to have a party at someone's house. And uh, you're going to have to leave your cell phone in a bucket when you come in. So no one, uh, for the NFL draft, I'm sorry, for the NFL draft uh-huh. party. And uh, so that you don't see like a few uh, seconds earlier. Oh, there's been a trade announced. Yeah. I want to see it on TV. Yeah. Well, why don't you just tell everyone just keep the phone in your pocket? Yeah. Well, or if you see something, don't yell it out. Is I'm it not, that hard? I'm not going to anybody's house for the draft. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you were invited. I, I probably wasn't invited. I'm not going anyway. Watch the draft at home. Oh, wait, wait, There's wait, probably wait, a baseball wait, wait. game that you night. You probably weren't invited. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. NFL draft, right? I bet you the Sox or Cubs play that night. Hey, while you're looking that up. Yeah. What's your beef? Let's go. I'm done with beef. I'm done beefing. Oh. I no got some beefs. notes. I'm not, this is great. So some outlets, uh, media outlets, still call it the sports wire, right? These yeah. funny little, uh, or not funny, but little one-line things that you might miss. It, should they still call it the sports wire? Like Some AP, people do. The AP wire service, the wire report. There's no wire reports. Isn't that, come, isn't that like from te- like coming over to Telegraph, coming over the wire, like a real wire? Isn't that what it yeah, comes from? Yeah, it used from? to be, right. Okay. Isn't that a little archaic? Yeah. An anachronism to say it's a uh, wire service. Give me a little wire service music there. White Sox play the Royals uh, that night, so I will miss the uh, NFL draft. Really? Okay. Oh, look. It'll be on my third TV. All right. Do we have any wire service? Uh... Here it is. Wire service music. <laughs> There's a telegrapher telegraphing out the new news. This is news today and yesterday in what they call the sports wire. The Bears signed veteran guard. Did you see this on a wire, Fred? This is two days ago. The Bears signed veteran guard Earl Watford. Nope, did not see it. I know. W-A-T-F-O-R-D. The Bears signed veteran guard Earl Watford to a one-year deal to provide depth on the offensive line. 
a fourth round pick by the Cardinals in 2013 out of James Madison. Watford started 21 games over the last five seasons. How does something like, it's not a big story, but that's like that Sole, S-O-A-L-E, or whatever. They got the other uh, backup interior. You need two interior linemen, right? Yeah. Swing guys, guards, tackles. So that would be the second uh, player from James Madison that the Bears have. They had great donuts. Remember those? Oh, that was Dolly Madison. Daniel Brown, mm-hmm. uh, who I worked with on some uh, some shows as a Bears tight end. Okay. He was also from James All right. Madison. Here's a good uh, wire the other day. Now, you might have just missed this. Outfielder, Diamondbacks outfielder, Yasamani, Yasamani, yes, Tomas. Tomas right. T-O-M-A-S. Uh-huh. Right? Cleared waivers and was assigned outright to their AAA Reno team. Yeah, they spent big money on him. Okay. Uh-huh. You, you did see this. Yeah. The Diamondbacks are responsible for the $42 million <laughs> Tomas is still owed for the remaining three years of a six-year, $68 million contract. I'm pretty sure that's a Tony LaRusa pick. Bingo. Yeah, it Tony. was. Good old Tony, who knows very see, little about pitching changes. See, so here's the thing. Now, Greatest you know, manager of all time. All right, and oh it makes sense. God. You try to sign like... Chris Sale. Yeah. You, you sign your young up-and-coming guys for long-term deals. You know, that's why they were able to get it so much. Plus, plus being great, Chris Sale. The, the Red Sox were also getting him for a, a number. And the Jose Quintana, the Cubs. They, so, Tony thought, I know what I'll do. I'll offer this uh, Tomas, Yasmani Tomas, get his agent on the wire. Hey, I'm going to give you guys $68 million on a six-year deal. That way, in years four, five, six, seven, whatever coming up, we won't have to pay you a lot. That sounds like a very familiar deal to the White Sox because they signed Jose Abreu to six years, $68 million, But that was, was a good deal for both, you know. And that was a good deal. So that shows better scouting from the White Sox than right. from Tony La Russa, Right. Dare I say. Are we going to try again, uh, Eric? Are we going to try that thing again in a few minutes or what? Yeah, let's see if it pops up in four minutes. Who knows at this point? I'm on pins and needles and needles and pins. I'm a happy happy man man when I grin. Uh. Final uh, sports wire. Listen to this guy typing out. This guy sending out a telegraph in the back. He's a stenographer. Can you pull up a song called Western Union for me while we're doing this? Western Union? Not in the next 30 seconds. Oh, Eric can. Oh, we're breaking it. We're doing it. We're going now. But what if it's not there? Then, then we get. Then we'll come back. All right, let's do, okay. Let's do this like radio. Are we breaking first or going to it? Breaking first. Breaking first. All right. Breaking in nine seconds, so we can hard hit what might not be there. If not, Fred will have an update for you. Uh, from I'm just going to tell you that Patrick reads your leader. Back in the flash. Welcome back, Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner. With this uh, Not Masters uh, update, anything we need to know about Fred? Okay, thanks. Yep. <laughs> Patrick Reed is your leader. He looks a lot like he's a guy the Bears might want to draft to play offensive line. Patrick Reed is your reader. Uh, speaking of offensive line, uh, let's take and then we'll get back to uh, talking about the uh, Cubs game last night. We have White Sox and Cubs early lineups in. But let's go to our 11 o'clock and uh, 11.30 active Twitter polls right now quickly. Uh, Bulls in the last 12 months, multiple choice. The plan looks good. The plan is stuck in the mud. The plan looks broken. Uh, there is no plan. What, what was the what was the results there, uh, 
Eric Ostrowski. Okay, so 31%. 31% said it's the plan is stuck in the mud, and 32% says there is no plan. There you go. That was our famous phrase down in Carbondale, Fred. Have you ever had the pleasure to spend a... Uh, for your uh, a night. No, 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 no. I, I had a chance to drive past there about a month ago, and I decided against it. A four-year uh, one-night uh, yeah. stay over in Carbondale? Yeah, I decided against it. Our phrase was, the plan is there is no plan, which seemed to be appropriate at the time. Uh, Twitter poll for this half hour, if you haven't voted now. Eh, too too bad. The Bears plan for Quentin Nelson. All right. Quentin Nelson, A, trade up to get him, B, get him at number eight, C, trade down to get him, or D, don't draft him at all. We don't want him. Yeah, I bet it's D. I don't, I, I'm still, I'm torn as to whether I want him or not, depending on what else they would get in, in uh, instead of him. They're going to get him at eight. And let me rephrase it. He'll be sitting there at eight. The yeah, way it's starting to shake out. And then there, then it's up to them to figure out if they want him or not. I heard, and I might have said this a couple of weeks ago, Fred, an expert, and like you then always say, there are no. Well, you know, experts are as wrong, as, wrong as often as everybody else is. But an expert, uh, he likened Notre Dame offensive guard Quentin Nelson. If I hear one more time, Harry Highstand. Um, is that at Highstand? I think Harry, it's Heestand. Heestand. Uh, yeah. It, it is he stand, and now people are saying high stand. That's what threw me off. You're exactly right. Unless, uh, yeah, unless I'm wrong, but you know, then Harry can call me. Yeah, they, someone likened uh, Nelson to a bank safe. Oh yeah. <laughs> Plus, he'll have a lot of money when he signs. But I like the si- the sound of an offensive lineman that's about the size and built like the he's vault at a bank. He's a he's a monster in a workout day, the pro day for Notre Dame, and he ran. Mm-hmm. And I I had not you you see him without his uniform on, which just shorts and a t shirt. Yeah. the man is a monster, mm-hmm. and uh, he would look good blocking for the Bears and protecting Trubisky. I remember in the beginning, I thought it'd hey, be great. In my opinion, if the Bears got him, oh, you don't take a guard uh, offensive lineman you know, until after the eighth pick. That's then, what everybody then about says. a month ago, he'll be gone when the yeah. Bears pick it. I go, well, which is it? Well, it, it, yeah, it all depends. I mean, huh. people say it's silly to take him, and then all of a sudden they say, well, he won't be there anyway. Yes, okay. I know. The first month, you can't take him in the top eight. Huh? Then he won't be ready. He won't the be experts. there for you. Yeah. Uh, real quick, what were the results there, please, Eric? Okay, Fred said he wasn't sure if he'd take him at eight. Well, our voters are sure. Seventy-four percent voted that they would take him at number eight. Huh? Get him at number eight, right? Okay. What What, uh, what was uh, last? Don't want him was last. Uh five percent said trade up to get him. Okay. Be, okay. Trade down and don't want him. What was that? Don't want him was thirteen percent was uh, second. All right. Cool. Uh, lineups in White Sox and Cubs. Go ahead, Fred. Oh, uh, for the White Sox at second base, Yoan Moncada trying to improve on his. 154 average. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avi Garcia is in right, hitting second. Abreu at first base, hitting third. The DH is Matt Davidson. Delmonico is back in left field with Wellington Castillo, who's got uh, three homers already this year, if I'm not mistaken. He mm-hmm. is catching yeah. Timmy Anderson at the shortstop position. Ah. At third base, it's uh, Yolmer Sanchez. Thank goodness Carlos Sanchez is no longer on the team. Player to be named later. And Adam Engel in center mm-hmm. field. I predict he will not drop another ball. <laughs> After he struggled the other day with Lucas Giolito on the hill. Hey, I found a squirrel. I mean an acorn. I'm the blind. I mean, I found a squirrel who found the blind uh, squirrel who found a uh, acorn. What? Hap Bryant Schwerber 
Wilson Contreras in the clear. There it is. I told Jesse. I, I found a, I found a Tommy Lestella leading off at second base in the five-hole kicking Javi Baez. No, not leading off at second base. I know. Five-hole. <laughs> That'd be tough to lead off at second base in the five-hole. I got 17 seconds to do now this. Now we're all confused. Okay. Hap Brian Schwarber. Contreras Lestella. Carantini still at first base for uh, Rizzo, who took too much batting practice. Hayward and right, Javi at short. And who are you? You, Darvish. Darvish. We're not going to play the song again from last week, the you song. Yeah. Maybe in another year. <sighs> I'm tired. Can That'll be fun. I'm tired, Fred. Who I'm are gonna be cold. I'm going to be cold tonight because I'm going to the fire game. It's a 7.30 start. They needed three points. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Rogers, oh. Nick Friedel, Eric yes. Ostrowski, all of his help as always. I'll be back tomorrow with Chris Black, oh. Adam Abdallah, breaking down that Bulls-Brooklyn game. Tell Jesse that LaStell is uh, in the starting lineup. And then they kicked uh, Javi over to short. I don't know. Maybe someday. Maybe coming up, they'll let Lestat. Jesse's the best. Buy his book. Immediately. Don't suck. Is that it? Or try not to. <laughs> try not to suck. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. Let's go another hour. I'm feeling better. <laughs>